Blog Talk Radio. This is why I came tonight. I'd like to declare this. Who do you belong to? Who? It's about time you told me. One, two, three, four.
Tonight in Jesus' name, Lord, you are anointing, continue to flow. 
Lord, I just Lord, this afternoon, Lord Jesus. Let your presence move, Lord Jesus. Mighty Lord, mighty God, forgive our doubt and unbelief, doubt and unbelief. We pray and our unbelief in Jesus' name, Jesus' name. Jehoshua name, almighty Lord, almighty God. In Jesus' name, Lord, let your name be glorified, Lord Jesus. Move among your people, Lord, in Jesus' name. Jesus' name, Jehoshua name, O Lord. We give you glory, Jesus. We give you praise, mighty Lord, mighty God. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord, mighty Lord, vengeance his mind, you in your word. Fight for us, Jesus, the end you are the Lord. We're counting protect those that fear him in Jesus' name. Jesus' name, Lord, it's obvious words up and down in Jesus' name. Lord, give us your protection. Put a hand to protection, Lord, around the Lord's hour, around everyone listening, around our life, my family. In Jesus' name, let the power of the evil one be broken, Lord Jesus, Lord Yeshua. In Jesus' name, Yeshua name. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Lord. Almighty God of glory and praise be given unto you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. We thank you, mighty Jesus. Well, shalom, shalom, my brothers and sisters. Welcome to the Lord's hour. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We thank you, God. Hallelujah. I don't know how many of you uh, began to listen uh, yesterday to the Lord's hour. And you notice that we started with Ezekiel 38. And we're going to continue with Ezekiel 39 tonight. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Devil body. It, it was such a blessing teaching last night. Praise you, Lord. And, and we're going to continue. Praise you, Lord. To, to, I, I spoke about an earthquake coming to India last night. Praise you, Lord. And yesterday, India had a, a six-point earthquake. And there's a bigger one coming right after that one. Praise you, Lord. This is a 6.8 earthquake that hit India today, which I the Lord showed me. Hallelujah. India being shaken by a mighty earthquake. Praise you, Lord. Three nines ago. Praise you, Lord. And I spoke it on the Lord's Tower last night. And just today, they were hit with a 6.8. And India, India was shaken today. Praise you, Lord. And there's still a bigger one coming right after that. Uh, the earth was shaken. An earthquake will begin to happen in the United States, starting with California. Praise you, Lord. All these things are coming very soon, brothers and sisters. Praise you, Lord. And, and praise God, we begin in Ezekiel 38. Praise you, Lord. And um, we are going to continue with 39 tonight. And this is what, uh, again, we studied last night in Ezekiel 38. When, when God says to Ezekiel, uh, praise the Lord. Uh, uh, and the word, the word of the Lord came unto me, says that said Ezekiel, saying, Son of man, set thy face against God and against the land of Magog, the chief of the prince Meshach and Tubal, and prophesy against him. This is Ezekiel 38, 2. Well, why, do I, why am I mentioning this? Because in Ezekiel 38, 2, um, I looked over the word uh, of, of the word Meshach, and Meshach is referred to a modern name of Russia. Russia is Meshach. From the past to until it now is Russia. Tuval is equal to Cain. So Russia is being used by the devil, will be used by the devil in the last days. Tuval, hallelujah, uh, remember that uh, Cain was not the devil, 
That's why he killed his brother, Abel. So praise your Lord, pointing to the Antichrist. The Antichrist and Russia will be working together in this last days. In other words, the Antichrist, Tuval, the, the wicked one, the wicked arcane, was the, the evil one. So the Antichrist comes from the evil one, and the Antichrist will be working with, with Russia, Meshach. Meshach and Tuval, Russia and the Antichrist, and prophesy against him. Because the spirit, uh, the devil imitates God. And when you talk about Jesus, you talk about the Father. When you talk about the, the Antichrist, you talk about the devil. Praise your Lord. And so in the last day, God, the Lord is against the devil and his Antichrist and his full prophet and all of them that follow. It's all the same. Praise your Lord. And it all comes together. Thank you, Jesus. So now we go to chapter 39, where we begin. And it says, Therefore, thou son of man, Ezekiel 39, 1, prophesy in God and say, Thou said the Lord God, Behold, I come against thee, O God, the chief of the prince of Meshach and Tabal. Here again, God is still, God is still prophesying. Or in other words, God is still bringing out the evil kingdom of Russia in the Antichrist, praise you, Lord, who will lead a nation, praise you, God, according to Daniel 11, praise you, Lord. So the Antichrist is leading a nation, but is also using Russia in his work, praise you, Lord, to come against the Jewish people. Everything that happened in the Middle East today, it is all being set and prepared to come against Israel. It is nothing else but to come against Israel. Russia is getting in position, and so is the United States and the rest of the world. In the Middle East, they're getting themselves in position. We heard that Russia built airports in, uh, in, in Syria, uh, a, a good airport where they can land their planes and all that. Because you know that Turkey refused to allow Russia to land in their airport. And so they built an airport in, in Syria, brothers and sisters. Praise your Lord. And, and it's a very, very fancy, good airport in Syria. And so nations are, are, are forming their bases in the Middle East so they will be ready and prepared to come against Israel. Praise your Lord. It's what God said in Ezekiel 38. We're going into Ezekiel 39 now. God knows their plan. Even what they're going to think, what they're thinking, God says in his word exactly what they're thinking, brothers and sisters. God is incredible. There's nothing hidden that will not come out to light. Nothing hidden, brothers and sisters, that God will not bring out to light because we need to know. We are in the no, in the no business. The business of God is to reveal what they're hitting. So we are in the no business. In case you want to know. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise your God. So let me continue with Ezekiel 39, verse 2. And I will destroy thee, the end plan of God. It is to destroy the devil, the Antichrist, the full prophet, and all the people and nations that, that, that are there using it. Praise your Lord. That they will use in the last day to attack Israel. Praise your Lord. 
Thank you, Jesus. I am a, I will destroy thee and leave the, the sex part of thee, and I will cause thee to come off from the north part, and I will bring thee upon the mountain of Israel. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. From the north part, from the north part, God said, uh, praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Why is God saying that from the north? God is setting, uh, God is informing you and I from where they're going to come from, brothers and sisters. God is, is letting us know this is how it's all going to work out in the last days. Let me tell you how. He's going to come from the north. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I will cause thee to come up from the north. But look what God says. Cause thee. I will make thee. It's not that the Antichrist in this part wants to come from the north. It's that God is causing him to come from the north, brothers and sisters. Because Obama could not, uh, cannot get, get ISIS under control. President Putin said that he had to take over. Isn't that what we hear in the media, brothers and sisters? He said he had to take, take over. Russia had to take over. Because uh, Barack Obama could not get Isaac under control. Praise you, Lord. And, but God says, I will cause thee. I will make you do this. Praise you, Lord. I will make this up. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So it's not necessarily that they wanted to do it. God makes it happen. God causes it to happen. We'll cause thee to come up from the north fire and bring thee up on the mountain of Israel. So also in the last day, for oh God, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Uh, we will get there, Noah. Don't worry about it. I, I will take it slow. I'm, I'm taking, I'm giving you the prophetic work, of, the prophetic word of the things that you see unfolding. And as we head on with the word of God, we're going to end up there because they're all heading to World War III. Yes, it's all heading to World War III, which is Ezekiel 39. Praise the Lord. And we'll all head there. But for now, praise you, Lord. You'll see that, that you see that, that, praise you, Lord, there are events happening right in front of us right now. Things are being formed and prepared. And a lot of people are saying, I thought that what happened now is going to happen for the last days. You hear the UN getting together. You hear the Pope. Uh, the Pope is rushing the nation to, to, to divide Jerusalem. You see in the U.N. leaders, more than 30 leaders of the U.N. agreed that the Palestinians should have East Jerusalem. So they agreed that the Jerusalem should be divided. All that is causing for war against the world in, 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 the world in Israel. Israel is being pushed to a corner, and the world wants to come against Israel, brothers and sisters. That's what's happening. And all this right now. And so we have to see it in the Word of God, because they're all go, everything will have had to destruction. But Jesus is going to come and destroy them all. That's what he's going to It's the day of Benjamin of the Lord, which is the seven-year tribulation. We're not there yet, but we can see the signs of, of everything pointing to the tribulation, to World War III. We can begin, we can see it on the media. We can see it on the news. Everything is heading there because it's in the devil's heart to get this accomplished, trying to destroy the Jewish people. He has done this for thousands of years. This is like there's something new, that is something new happening. No, the devil has tried for thousands of years 
to the church of God's people. When the, when the church of Jesus Christ began to build in the book of Acts, the devil began to plan to try to destroy them by throwing them in jail and prison, hunting them, being killed by the apostles and his men, or by, or by Tarsus, before he came to be the apostle Paul. They were killing the Christian brothers and sisters. That was a plan of the devil to eliminate the church. So all these plans the devil had had from the beginning, the, the prophet, uh, many of them were persecuted, the life were persecuted. Praise you, Lord. So we see all this from the beginning. There's always signs. There's always signs of wonder. Praise you, Lord. Verse 3. I will smite thy bow out of thy left hand, and I will cast thy arrow to fall out of thy right hand. So as the devil prepare to come against God's people, God is already fighting for them. Everything was quiet. Things seems like nothing is happening. You hear like more bad news on the media than anything else, but God is already fighting for you and I. God is already fighting for the Jewish people. Praise you, Lord. That's why they're going to have the victory. That's why you, you and I are more than victorious, because our God is already fighting for us. You may not see him fighting. Praise you, Lord. The enemy might think he's winning, but he's actually losing. That's what's going on. He's actually losing because we are more than overcomer in Christ Jesus. We are more than, than, than victorious in Christ Jesus. Brothers and sisters, we have not begun to lose. We have begun to win. Our battle, praise the Lord, we, when Jesus went to the cross, that's when our victory was won. That's when the enemy was defeated. That's why we are more than overcomers. Our victory began 2,000 years ago when Jesus Christ went to the cross and the freedom of principality and power of evil on the cross. Praise the Lord. We only wrestle with the enemy. We're not in the battle. We are wrestling. Jesus already won the battle. Praise the Lord. We are more than overcomer. What's going to happen on the end? We know we win. We win completely. Our victory is completely. And it will be the fullness of the promise of God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, God. Jesus already won. Praise you, Lord. We serve him and we are part of his body. You know what it is to be part of the body of Jesus? You know what if you take a pill into your body, if it has any chemical in the pill, your, your, your heart that pumps blood is pumping blood to your brain. Your brain has filter on, the, on your neck, I believe it's on the neck, that, a, that any chemical got to be filtered before it gets to the brain. But the brain is in communication with all your organs every single second or less to see what is happening in your body. Jesus being the head of the church, the fire being the head of Jesus, if we are in communion with God, God is always in communication with us with anything that is happening among us. That's why we need to pray. That's why we need to communicate with God and stay in prayer daily and pray without ceasing because we need to be in communication with our head, which is Jesus Christ. We are part of his body. 
and the body and the brain need to be in constant communication of anything that comes in the body, praise the Lord, that has any chemical, that has any evil. Praise the Lord. Praise you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Brothers and sisters, this is why we pray. That's why we bring everything to our head, cried Jesus. And when Jesus hears us, he brings a prayer to the Father, his head. And he's always in communication with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are always in communication. And we need to be in communication with our God, too, brothers and sisters, through prayer, through supplication, through humbling ourselves. That's why we humble ourselves. In other words, we are in the servitor of our brain. The brain needs to know what goes on in the body. He needs to be informed what goes on in the body. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, God. The heart needs to pump blood continuously. Praise you, Lord, because some of the blood goes to the brain. The blood carries all the information that the brain needs in order for the whole body to function right. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Verse 4. I'm going to continue. Thou shalt fall upon the mountain of Israel, and all thy band and thy people. God already said that his enemy are going to fall. God already had a secure a type of Jesus, said that all his enemies are going to fall. It has already been prophesied, and the word that comes out of his mouth cannot return void. It has to fulfill the word itself. It was said from the throne that the devil and all his army and all his enemies will fall. And it's going to fall hard, and we're not going to fall. And the mountain, praise the Lord, and the mountain in Jerusalem, in the mountain of Israel, and they shall fall upon the mountain of Israel, and all thy vans and the people that is with thee, I will give thee unto the birds, and unto every feather fall and beast of the field to devour, to be devoured. Thank you, Lord. What is going to happen to our enemy? They're going to be devoured. As the word of God says, the word of God is true. So it's good, it's good, it's, it's good up to a thousand generations. We can always trust God's word. Do not read the Bible if you doubt. Repent your doubt first. Do not read the Bible if you don't believe the word. Praise you, Lord. Some people say, oh, this word was written by man. What do you want it to be read? To be written by monkey? It was read by man who has five senses that God given them. God made man in the garden. Thank you, Jesus. It was God that made man in the garden and gave man wisdom, intelligence. And that's why he used men, men who fear him and serve him and gave their life to him and humbled themselves before him. And so he used them as vessel. Hallelujah. As his vessel to write down his word, to, for his word to be given to his people. And the last day, so how do people say that there's something wrong with the Bible? Because the Bible was written by men. No, the devil wants you to believe that. When did the devil start his campaign against the Bible? Let me tell you when. In the garden, 
Someone said, Brother Elby, it started in heaven. When he came against God and one spoke words against the angel of God and they followed him, deceiving words. Okay. But let me tell you when it started against men. It started against men in the garden. When God told Adam and Eve that they should not eat from the fruit, that in the day they will eat from the fruit, they will surely die. And then what did the devil say to Eve? What did the devil say to the woman? Because in the day you eat from the word, God will know that you will be like him. That is a lie that comes from the pit of hell and the heart of Satan. Till today, the devil is telling people that the word of God is no good. The word that God gave to Eve in the garden was true. The word that God has given to us through his apostle is true. Through his prophet is true. Through the prophet of Israel is true. This word is true. Still today, into a thousand generations, brothers and sisters. Praise the Lord. But yeah, the devil will tell you that it's no good. That it's something wrong with the Bible. That it's something wrong with the word of God. Same excuse he used in the garden, he is using today. Don't let the devil deceive you. As he deceived Adam and Eve. Though the first word that came out of Jesus when he went to the Mount of Olives and said for his disciples, be ye not deceived. It's important. Because Jesus, as God says to Ezekiel, which is a type of Jesus, stand against the, hallelujah, stand against the prince of Meshach and Tuval, against the devil. Stand against him, son of man. Stand against him. The message of Jesus is against the devil and his false teaching and his lie and deceiving. Praise you, Lord. What, what does the Bible teach us in Revelation 13? What does the Bible teach us in Revelation 13? What does the Antichrist do? He deceives them all. He is the son of the devil, and he followed his father's steps. Same thing he did in the garden, deceive Adam and Eve. He's the same thing he's using in the last days. The devil still does the same thing, brothers and sisters. Deceive them. Tell them what God says is not what God says. When someone tells you that what it says in that Bible is not what God said, rebuke them in the name of Jesus. Don't listen to that person because it's going to mislead you. If you cannot trust God's word, who can you trust? If you cannot trust Jesus, who can you trust? Oh, it is, it is so funny when some, there's a lot of teachers around the United States and the world, oh, the rapture is not biblical. First of all, because the word rapture is not, is not in the Bible, you think. Praise the Lord. I agree with you with one thing, that the, that the rapture is not in the Bible. But let me tell you that the word of God talks about caught up in the air. Praise you, Lord. In First Thessalonians 4, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Verse 16. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, and with the voice of an archangel, the trumpet of God and Christ shall be risen first. Then shall we, 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 which we live and remain, be caught up also with them in the cloud. Praise the Lord. Okay. Some people are going to say, Brother Elvie, that there is not the rapture. Praise the Lord. I'll take you to Matthew 25 now. Praise the Lord. Praise you, Jesus. 
Because in the second coming of Jesus, even spoken in Matthew 24, oh, I will see him. According to John, praise the Lord. When he comes in the cloud, in the second coming, Jesus Christ, all eyes, all eyes will see them. Oh, but that's not what Jesus said. Praise the Lord, talking about the rapture in Matthew 25. In Matthew 25, look what Jesus himself said. Verse 5. Now, while the bridegroom tarried and slumbered and slept, at the midnight there was a cry, Behold, the bridegroom come and go out to meet him. Why is it that when Jesus comes in Matthew 25, not I see him, only the bride. It's all, Matthew 25, it's all in relationship with the bride. It's not in relationship with the world where all eyes will see him. Because the relationship that Jesus has with his bride, praise the Lord, cannot be related with the world. We are in the world. But we are not of the world. He has just changed. he has taken us or chosen us out of the world, brothers and sisters. We are in the world, but we're not part of this world. And the relationship that Jesus has with us is completely different. It's completely different. So in Matthew twenty five, verse six, Jesus comes in the midnight hour. Praise the Lord. When he less expected, he comes for his bride who has prepared herself the white bride who made herself ready, who had enough oil, and she went in with the Lord. The bride goes in with the Lord. The world don't even know. The only one that cries is the foolish bride because she thought she could be ready however she feel like it, and it doesn't happen this way. It's only by holiness and righteousness of Christ that we can prepare, brothers and sisters. No other way. Praise the Lord. And she could 39.5. Thank you, Jesus. That you fall upon the field, for I have spoken it, says the Lord God. God said that the Antichrist, the devil, his army, is going to fall in this other way around this. God has declared, God has spoken that this is what's going to happen. And there's no other way around this. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, God. God is informing us in case you may... Someone may come and bring any doubt, rebuke it in the name of Jesus. Don't receive any doubt and unbelief. But God says that the enemy is going to fall. He's going to fall. Praise you, Lord. Verse 6. I will send fire on Magus and among them that dwell safely in the islands. And they should know that I am the Lord. Jesus showed me the other nine. First, he took to Florida, then to the Dominican Republic. Praise you, Lord, after the nine before, he had taken me to India, that an earthquake, a mighty echo will shake India from north to south, east to west. And then he showed me Florida, completely destroyed by judgment, in judgment over the Dominican Republic. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. There will be no place secure if you're not serving Christ. There are people moving to Russia, they're moving to the mountain, they're, different, they're moving to different places. There will be no place secure without Christ. In the times of Noah, the only secure place was the ark. There was no other place. Mount Herod cannot have you secure. There was not a mountain high enough that can keep you secure from the judgment of God. There will not be a mountain secure enough 
when the civilization began. People can build bunkers as deep as they want. The earth will shake, and it will shake like a drunken. I don't know if you've seen a drunken shaking, falling on the floor, getting up, falling again, to the left or the right, getting up again. I've seen people like that. As a, as a young boy, you, I mean, we used to laugh. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. But I tell you something. In the times of Noah, the ark was the only secure thing. Only eight got on the ark. The rest decided not to get on the ark. And they got destroyed. God destroyed them all. So it will be in the coming of men, Luke 17. They will all be destroyed in the tribulation. There is no, no one will escape in the tribulation. When I looked at the United States in the tribulation, there were part of the United States I saw in the middle of the tribulation that looked like they've been hit by a nuclear bomb. Every, every tree that I could see, there was only mud and dirt. Things that I could not recognize. You cannot ask me where was I. Like some people say, what state were you in, brother? I don't know. I've been, I've been up and down in the middle of the country, and up and down the Lord has taken me. Brothers and sisters, the tribulation. I cannot recognize the U.S. anymore. Praise you, Lord. And that's by the end of the tribulation, there is no United States. There is going to come, Jesus showed me, a so mighty earthquake, three earthquakes, Jesus showed me that are going to hit the United States. And the tribulation, just in case you have any questions, in the tribulation, God have mercy. It doesn't give me joy to say this. But there were earthquakes that I saw coming to the U.S. that I cried in the tribulation. I cried, and I cried, and I cried. Praise you, Lord, because this land was raised by God. There were people of God that walked in the United States before they got raptured up to heaven. There were people that loved this land before they got raptured to heaven, brothers and sisters. Because those that love the Lord, that are waiting upon his coming, he's going to take them home. He's faithful. Faithful him that sat upon the throne. Brothers and sisters, after he raptured his beloved bride out of the United States and the world, judgment began to fall on the earth. I saw the first tsunami that hit the United States. Now long from that, Jesus showed me another tsunami that hit. The first tsunami went inland. Not too far inland, but it did destroy a lot. The second tsunami went further inland. I saw buildings being taken over by the tsunami, the second one. Third tsunami. I cried. Hallelujah. For this land. I cried in the second, and I cried in the third. By the third tsunami, there was no United States. Praise the Lord. It was all gone. It was all gone. The second tsunami some people have seen, and this is what they described, a 500-foot wave. Hallelujah. Head into Montana. Head into the north. Head into Canada. As it take over United States, takes over Canada. By the third tsunami, there is no United States and there is no Canada. Praise you, Lord. It goes up and up and up and up and up, brothers and sisters. If people think that they're not going to get in the ark now, like they did in the times of Noah. Oh, no. Noah was preacher, a preacher of righteousness. He preached them righteousness and holiness. But people refused to get into the ark. 
the ark, the, the door of the ark would open. It was open unto God said, enough, and he closed the door. God himself closed the door. Maybe if it was for Noah, he probably, even though the water was so slowly coming up, Noah might have said, well, you know, uh, maybe the ark can go up and, and praise you, Jesus. Uh, thank you, Jesus. Maybe Noah would have thought, no, I keep, no, God closed the door. He shut it. He shut the door, the door of violence. Well, the door of Matthew 25, when it talks about the bride of Christ, after Jesus takes the bride, the door get closed. The door get closed. God himself is going to close that door again. The Father did it in the beginning, and he's going to do it again. God have mercy is all I can say. God have mercy. The door is about to be closed. The rapture is about to happen, and the door is about to be closed. Thank you, Jesus. I have one of the most beautiful experiences with the Lord in this new year, 2016, yesterday. Praise you, Lord. As I went with the Lord in prayer, the nine before, the first nine, the nine before or the first day of this year, the Lord came into my room with a great smell of flower from the garden of God. And my wife was like, what is that strong smell of flower? Jesus was walking in the room with the smell of flowers. Praise the Lord. He did not open my eyes for me to see him, but I could feel him. I could discern the Lord. And the, and the day after, I'm in prayer with the Lord. And Jesus supernaturally began to talk to me from the garden. And he said that he's been in the garden. Praise the Lord. He's been in the garden. And now we understood why the smell of flowers there. He's been in the garden. Father God was also in the garden. As Jesus, as I was talking to Jesus, praise the Lord, was asking the Lord a word that I received and all that. Praise you, Jesus. Uh, Father God began to talk to me. And it was so powerful. I was so happy that then a few years, Father God already has spoken to me. And Father God said, I promise you, my son, you're going to be in the garden. You will be in the garden. I said, Father, am I still worthy to come to the garden? He says, I promise you that you will be in the garden. You will be in the garden. Thank you, Lord. And I said, Lord, do you still want me to tell your people that the rapture is soon to happen? He said, yes. Father God says that we are near to be in heaven. Praise the Lord. And Jesus says, yes. I want you to tell my children. I want you to tell my children, praise the Lord, that he is coming near to take us. Praise the Lord. I asked him if I could tell him that. Praise the Lord. Because I don't want to sound like a broken record. I want to make sure the Lord is leading me and what I'm doing on the Lord's hour. Praise the Lord. Praise the God. I don't want, I don't want to be... Some people say a fanatic. I might be a fanatic, but I don't want to sound like I made no sense. I had to hear from the Lord. And Jesus said, tell them that I am near to take them home. Praise you, Lord. You want me to continue to say that, Lord? He said, yes. Tell them that. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I, I get desperate like some of you. I want to go home already like some of you. 
Praise the Lord. Now that I have the opportunity to talk to Jesus, I ask him. His glory, his presence, his anointing was over the room, was over my life. Oh, glory be to Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise to God. But in this new year, praise the Lord. I am so happy to hear from God, the Lord. The Holy Spirit also spoke to me. I was complaining that in the garden I saw the Holy Spirit, I remember. But he didn't say anything. He was just looking at me. But this time the Holy Spirit was talking to me. I, I had such a joy. And the Holy Spirit, he was talking to me in my spirit. And as he opened my eyes, the Lord, to the garden, the Holy Spirit kept talking. I praised the Lord right to the garden. And it was so beautiful that he was letting me know, I am in you. I am, I am, I am in you. I'm in the garden. I'm in you. I'm speaking to you. Praise you, Lord. And, and it was so beautiful. It's so beautiful. To be able to hear God is, is a great privilege, brothers and sisters. Praise you, Lord. Pray that God will give you the gift to hear him, to hear his audible voice. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. In this last day, the devil wants to imitate God. God is too powerful. God is too loving. He is all love, brothers and sisters. Praise the Lord. And Father God, the light in our obedience. When we are disobedient, <laughs> praise you, Lord. He, he is not happy. But he delights in our obedience to him. He wants us to be obedient to his son and submitting, humble ourselves, and be in constant prayer, fasting, seeking him. Hallelujah. Making him first in our life, brothers and sisters. It's not time to waste time. It's time to be in obedience, to be seeking the will of God. Not our will be done, but his will be done, brothers and sisters. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, God. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Ezekiel 39 says, So I will make my holy name known in the midst of my people of Israel. See, to God, it's very important that he's known. That's what I tell the people. It's not about us, brothers and sisters. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about Jesus. It's it's about that he needs to be known. Everyone needs to know that it's God that can change a man's life. That it's Jesus that died for a man. In the cross, on the cross. And so he gets the glory. He gets the honor. He gets the praise. It's all about Jesus Christ. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, God. It's not about any of us. It's about him. He gets the glory. He gets the honor. He gets the praise. Look what he says again. Verse 7, 7 being the word of God. So I will make my holy name known in the midst of my people, Israel. This is why we need to praise Christ. We need to praise God. His name needs to be known. Praise the Lord, because it's all about him. Thank you, Lord. And I will not suffer them to pollute my holy name anymore, and the heathen should know that I am the Lord, the Holy One of Israel. Thank you, Jesus. He gets the glory. He gets the honor. He gets the praise. He is God. Thank you, Jesus. Our God gets the glory and praise, brothers and sisters. Thank you, Jesus. He's worthy to be praised. He died on the cross. And he died on the cross for everyone. He never sinned. His blood is holy, brothers and sisters. He never sinned. He can cleanse us when we repent with his blood. He can wash us in a way. What can wash us in a way but the blood of Jesus? Praise you, Lord. He can wash our sins away with his blood and cleanse our life 
and make us righteous before the presence of mighty God, where God can spare us from the judgment to come, from his wrath to be. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Jesus can spare our lives with his blood. When his blood washes us, we are right. We have right standing with God, righteousness. Brothers and sisters, hallelujah. Before the high priest went into the Holy of Holies to make sacrifice for the people, praise you, Lord. Praise you, God. There was preparation on the high priest's life to be ready. He has to prepare himself to be ready because God let them know, if you don't come to my presence ready, you're going to die. You're going to die. Praise the Lord. And some of the high priests did not take God to his word, did not hearken to God's word. And they went in there how they thought they were right, not how God asked, told them to do. This is why we need to hear God's word. We need to carefully listen to God's word and do as he's telling us to do. Because if you walk your life before God, however you feel like it, you may find yourself in the tribulation and then find yourself being chased by demons in the tribulation, running for your own life. And you're not going to have a fun time. You're going to be very angry because you cannot get any sleep. You cannot go to the market, go shopping. You cannot go food shopping. You cannot go shopping for your clothing. You got you the same clothes you had a couple of years ago, dirty. You cannot go to someone's for you to wash your clothes. You smell like you haven't taken a shower in years, and you're running for your life. Obama got his army behind you who you once supported to try to shut you down and implant the RFID in your right hand. You'll be running for your life. Praise you, Lord. The Antichrist will be chasing you with his army, trying to implant the RFID in your right hand. That's going to be the life of many people very soon. Some people will say, I, w- I wish I should have I hearkened to what Brother Elby was teaching. Some people are going to say, I heard people saying in the tribulation, man, those, those Christian preachers were right. Those evangelical, those fanatics were right. We call them fanatics. We made fun of them, but they were right. I heard them saying in the tribulation, praise you, Lord. We got a lot of people making fun of us. Hallelujah. But who's going to have the lot left? <laughs> who's going to have the lot left? Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. The vengeance of the Lord is coming. Praise the Lord. It's time to run to Jesus. It is time to repent and run to Jesus. There is no other way. Praise the Lord. There is no other name under the sun in which we can be saved by the name of Jesus. That's the only name. Praise the Lord. It's time to run to the Lord and escape from the judgment to come. The Lord has shown me over and over. No one will be saved without, without him. People in the tribulation, one thing comes to the, to the believer's mind in the tribulation is that they need to be beheaded for Christ. And this is not an easy thing to do. It is easier to say it than to be in, in, in the problem. And you have to make the choice to let them behead you. Just the fact that they have a, a guillotine sharp enough to sharp your head in a second. 
they have a gauge symbol. They're going to set you down. You keep refusing the RFID. They're going to set you down. They're going to tie your hand and feet. And when that gauge thing, when that blade comes down, your head is it's shot, it's cut in a second. Praise you, Lord. But, but that was smarter than that. He's going to torture you first. He is smarter than that. He's going to torture people. Praise you, Lord. What did he do to a lot of Christians in the book of Acts? He tortured them. He tortured them. Praise you, Lord. The one he could not stone, he tortured. Praise you, Lord. The Roman is to torture people in, in such a severe way. A lot of the Christians were tortured, were severely tortured in Rome until the dead, brothers and sisters. Praise you, Lord. It's going to be worse in the tribulation. Torture is coming. United States only have ordered thousands of kids, you think. Praise you, Lord. And believe me, they're not going to be had any chicken with them. And it's human beings. They have ordered a lot of thousands of funeral boxes, too. China's making them like pancakes, shipping them to the United States. Why is our government so interested in having so much guillotine in funeral boxes? Why is our female comes being prepared like millions of people are going to be thrown in them all over the U.S., all over the world? Governments are preparing themselves. God have mercy. Everything is being put in place. Brothers and sisters, praise you, Lord. And man, and people are still sleeping about the matter, about the fact that soon they're going to be running for the life. If they're not repenting, if they're not seeking the Lord now, if they're not repenting the sin before God, they're going to be running, repenting. You can be sitting now, you can be on your knees right now in your house with nobody bothering you, repenting. Soon, you're not going to be in your house repenting. You're going to be running for your life, repenting. And that is very hard to do because you can fall easy. You can hit a wall. If you, if you try to close your eyes to repent, you can hit a wall right now if you're running. Everything is going to be so difficult. You'll be, right now, you can, you can drink filter water. Soon, you're going to be drinking water from, from, from the swamp, from the lake. Come tell me that a lake with all kinds of chemicals. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. That's going to be the life of people. I saw them running in the tribulation, and it broke my heart to see them suffering so much. But then I remember, why is God having us warned them now? Why is God right now, before the tribulation comes, is using us to warn them? Because it broke my heart to see even children in the tribulation were nothing to eat eating from the garbage. Praise you, Lord. If they had a piece of bread, you got you have 40 kids trying to make that piece of bread last, cutting that piece of bread and giving each other a piece of bread to eat. It broke my heart when I see this. When I saw this in the tribulation, young kids, 12, 13, 14, and 15, running for their own life, they had they have gotten together like in gangs, to protect each other, brothers and sisters. Some have kind of machete. Others have stick. I guess they didn't know how to use a machete. And, and, and you can see that they were making hand weapons brothers and to protect themselves and run from the demon. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. 
Praise you, God. Everything that they can build with their hand, they were trying to build it because they have no tools. It looks like the government made sure people had a nothing. That's why, hallelujah, he's passing this law, this executive order against guns and, take, and trying to take it away from people. Some people in different states in the U.S. will lose their guns because the government is and making sure they do. He's passing a second of order to make sure they do. I warned people of that for a year, and it's starting in 2016. He wants to make sure he can take the gun from people. Oh, God have mercy. God have mercy. 2016 will be a year to remember for sure. It will be a year to remember. Praise the Lord. Things will be ha- uh, same, Things happened so fast in 2015. In 2016, they will pass even faster. By the time people realize what had happened, it already had happened. It's already old news. Praise the Lord. And the government is making sure it's that way. Praise the Lord. Praise. In 2016, which we are in, YouTube, I believe it's the 26th of, of January. If I'm wrong, please correct me. 16th of the 26th. When they are going to limit people from from posting video on YouTube. The fil- the police filtering begins on YouTube in this month that we're in. Before the month of February 2016 begins, people are going to be in trouble on YouTube. Thousands of people, millions of people are going to be in trouble by February 2016. We're not there yet. We're close. It's all coming, brothers and sisters. Praise you, Lord. The government and the companies are preparing to harm people very soon. Everything is being set in place. But the Lord Jesus is preparing to take his bride home. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, God. The persecution of the church will intensify in the United States like never before. People will begin to lose their right very soon. Praise you, Lord. But pray, 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 pray for your family. Pray for yourself. Pray, pray, pray. Make sure you tell your children to repent. Do not let your children go to bed without repenting. Do not let them go to school without repenting. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, God. The Lord took me this past days ago, past day, beginning of this year, five days ago, to one of the Bank of America banks in the middle of the United States. Why did the Lord took me there? The Lord took me there because they're going to declare partial partial bankruptcy. It's going to be declared in the United States soon. Partial bankruptcy. Our government is preparing to declare partial bankruptcy. When I went to get my money in Bank of America, they told me because of the government had declared partial bankruptcy, they can only release me $200 a day. I can only take out $200 a day. So if I had to pay more than $200 a day, I would have to wait. And I said, look, I'm from North Carolina. I need to get back to North Carolina. With $200 a day, all I can cover is some food and maybe some fast food to get there in the, in the gas for my car, for my minivan. I was telling the people at the bank, they said, I'm sorry, but the, the government declared partial bankruptcy. We cannot give you no more than $200. I 
I said, oh, wow. And I was speaking with a Christian person, a Christian lady, a Christian sister, and she says to me, uh, you sound like a man of God. I have an extra room in my house, and if you would like to, if you would like to wait until tomorrow, you can stay in my house with your family, and you can get another 200 tomorrow, and you can go back to North Carolina. And I said, thank you very much. I saw the hand of God providing. Thank you, Jesus. Brothers and sisters, this time is coming. This time is coming. Some people have seen it happening in 2016. I don't know. I don't, I'm not going to give a day for none of these things. But this is the year to remember. 2015 is a year to, it's a, it's a year to remember. This, this will be a year to remember, brothers and sisters. Partial martial law is coming. Thank you, Lord. Partial martial law. Remember that. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, God. Ezekiel 39, eight says, Behold, it is come, and it's done, says the Lord God. And this is the day thereof that I have spoken. You see, the Lord will speak of what is coming through his prophet. The Lord will warn his people of what is coming, brothers and sisters, before it comes. There will be a window for God's people from heaven where God is going to put out his blessing. And I believe it's in 2016. But it's only a short window. If a God provides you for you to promote his work, for God to accomplish what he promised you, it's going to be a short window. I don't know how big this window is. He's going to open a door that no one can close. Praise you, Lord. And I believe it's this year in 2016. I believe, brothers and sisters, it's this year God is going to open a window for his bride. There will be petition answer from God this year, starting in January. Praise you, Lord. Someone sent me a word of a man of God that gave a word that God told him. Tell my people to write the petition this week of January, the first week of January. By the end of the month, I believe it's by the 26th, I'm going to, ha- I ha- I'm going to answer those petitions. That they tell them to write them down. Praise you, Lord. I believe there's a window that is going to be open for the bride of Christ. I don't know what you've been asking, God. I don't know what you've been praying for. Maybe it could be for your unsafe family to come to the Lord. I don't know what you're praying for, but it's gonna, you're going to see God's hand this year in behalf of the bride of Christ. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Write down the petition right now that you want God to answer you. Write it down. Please write it down, because I want you to get back to me when God answers them by the end of this month, brothers and sisters. Please write, get a notebook. Get a notebook right now before you forget. Go to your, go to your room, go whatever, go to your office, go get a, a piece of paper, go get your notebook. Write down the day, today, and write down your petition before God. And begin to pray and begin to fast about your petition. Praise you, Lord, because by the end of this month, you're going to see the hand of God in your behalf. God is going to answer your petition. Thank you, Jesus. Put it anywhere you can remember. Put it where you cannot lose your petition. Thank you, Jesus. Just write it down. Write it. Please write it down. I want you to get back to me because I'm going to get back to you about my petition. And to get back to you. And you get back to me. You know my email. Most of you know my email. Praise you, Lord. 
you want it, if you want it, hallelujah, later on, take your petition. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Because God is, we'll, we'll answer petition this year. We will see a lot of petition answers. Praise the Lord, because the Lord has spoken. He will. Praise the Lord. And I believe it, and I believe it. And I will also pray for your petition. You don't even have to send it to me. I'll say, Lord, the petition of your people, Lord, please answer them, Lord, this year. Please answer those petitions. If, if God answers some petition, but not all, by the end of this month, don't get angry. I'm telling you right now. Continue to fast and pray that God would answer them before the year is over. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Whatever you're asking the Lord, please don't give up on God ever. Learn to never give up on God. I was sharing with a brother yesterday how hard I prayed for my grand-grandmother who was very Catholic and would not receive any, any other religion, as she said, but only the Catholic religion. She thought it was the only religion. And I prayed very hard for her until the day she died. And she received Jesus before she died, my grand-grandmother. My grandmother went the same way. I prayed hard for her, and Jesus saved her too. Both of them I saw them in hell. Sorry, in heaven, with a new body. Thank you, Jesus. I saw them in heaven in a new body. And I was able to give them a hug and cry with them. Why? Because they were saved. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, God. So please put the petition to the Lord, but don't fail to pray and fast for it. Thank you, Lord. Don't think like a five-minute prayer is enough. No. You continue to pray every day, night and day for it. And you continue to fast every week for it. Choose one day out of the week to fast for your petition. If it's your family salvation, take a day to fast for them. If it's your kids, take a day to fast for them. Maybe more than one. God may lead you to do more than one. Do it. Do it. Because you're going to see the hand of the Lord in your life. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. God is good. Our God is awesome. Who is like our God? Thank you, Jesus. Verse 9. And they that dwell in the city of Israel should go forth and should burn and set fire upon the weapons and on the shield and bunklets, upon the bows and upon the arrow, hallelujah, and upon the stave in the hand and upon the spears. They should burn them with fire seven years. Of course, because it's a seven-year tribulation. This is another verse in Ezekiel 39 that confirms, brothers and sisters, clearly, Clearly confirmed that the tribulation is seven years. You got how many teachers have you heard that the tribulation is not seven years? How many people have you heard, brothers and sisters, that the tribulation is not seven years? Well, here's another verse in the Bible, Ezekiel 39 9, that the tribulation is seven years. Brothers and sisters, thank you, Lord. You got a lot of teachers, a lot of pastors, a lot of ministers saying that the tribulation is only three and a half years. They have come up with their own math that the tribulation is not seven years. Well, look what Ezekiel 39 says. They were born with fire for seven years because the tribulation is seven years. Again, it's confirmed. You'll find that in the Bible. And this is the tribulation that this will happen, that God will do this at the end of the tribulation. Praise the Lord. They're going to do this for seven years. Why? Because... One Psalm 84, what do you think Psalm 84 is? It is God fighting for the Jewish people. When? Practically in the beginning of the tribulation, in the first years. In the first year. In the first year, they began to burn weapons of their enemy. 
Praise you, Lord. Praise you, God. A lot of people now, what they're doing is they are comparing Psalm 84 with Ezekiel 39. A lot of people are saying this, this, is, this is something. Because a lot of what David says in Psalm 84 is very, is, I'm sorry, yeah, Psalm 83. Psalm 83, yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Psalm 83, thank you, thank you for that. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Psalm 83, they're comparing what happened in Psalm 83 with Ezekiel 39. And a lot of the things that happened are very similar. So a lot of people are saying that it might be that Ezekiel 39 in Psalm 83 is the same. That's where a lot of people are coming to conclusion. Praise you, Lord. Now listen to Psalm 83, verse 1. Keep now thou sighting, O God, and now be still, and cease not, O God. For, Lord, thy enemy makes a tamul, and they that hate thee have lifted up the head. Well, the tamul that they're making is that they're preparing to attack Israel. It's a tamul. They are calling each other, brothers and sisters, to attack the Jewish people. It's a tamul they're making. Praise you, Lord. It, it, maybe we use the word, uh, the word tamul, the word that we use, it, it, uh, hallelujah, let me just, Make sure. Thank you, Jesus. God is good. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Let me let me compare it in the dictionary because it says again, tamu allow, allow, allow. Okay, and also says a large a large mass of people. Another word, a synonym for for tamu is a uh, uh, noise. Noise is a synonym of tamu. They're making noise. How do we say it today? They're making news. They're informing each other. Hallelujah. What is another word that is being used in the news today? That's the move they're making. They're sharing intelligence. They're sharing intelligence. It's a new word for Tamu. Right? So Russia and Israel and the United States and some other nations are sharing intelligence today. Praise the Lord. But God's enemy, and, and amongst the Arab people, they're sharing intelligence too, brothers and sisters. That's the tamu they're making. Praise your Lord. Military intelligence, they're sharing with one another. And how they attack the Jewish people is what they're sharing. That's why the IDF has to always be investigating, because the enemy is making a tamu. They're sharing intelligence among each other and how to kill the Jewish people. Praise you, Lord, in the last day. Thank you, Lord. What is another significant for Tamu? Thank you. Commotion, rockets, maelstrom, rampus. Thank you, Jesus. And it's also compared to Babel. Babel. They were all at once. In the, in the, in the building of the Babel Tower, they were all like one. It was one language, one communication. One intelligence was going back and forward. They knew exactly what to do. In other words, they have good intelligence. But what God is saying, or what David is saying, they're building intelligence among each other how to kill my people, the Jewish people. That's exactly what they're doing. This is a tamu that they're making. Thank you, Lord. Psalm 83, let's see what else. They have taken crafty counsel against thy people. It has consulted against thy secret one. There's, a, there's another word for intelligence, crafty counsel. 
Hallelujah. Crafty counsel is another word for intelligence, brothers and sisters. They are sharing intelligence among each other and how they attack Israel in these last days. That's why I tell you, let, let, me, let, me, let me keep reading and let me explain slowly, and then we get to World War III. Because everything you hear on the news is about intelligence sharing. And that is in the Word of God. And I'm showing it right now. Anything we need to know is in the Word of God, brothers and sisters. Even what our enemies are going to think is in the Word of God. And this is what this Bible study. If you have not listened last night, to last night's Bible study about Ezekiel, 30, uh, Ezekiel 38, go back and listen. Go back and listen. Praise the Lord. We're in Ezekiel 39 tonight. And follow the teaching and see. Praise the Lord what we're talking about. They have, they have taken crafty counsel against thy people. They have consulted against thy secret ones. Who have they consulted? What consultation are they doing? Praise your Lord. The consultation that they have taken is a consultation of the devil among them. Because it's the devil leading them. Praise your Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise your Lord. It is about the, all the entire of evil. Because it is to kill, kill. It is to steal, kill, and destroy. John 10, 10. That's what the plan is. The devil had it from the beginning. He had not changed that. Praise your Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Verse 4. They have said, come and let us cut them off from being a nation and let the name of Israel be no more in remembrance. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Everything that they're going to say, everything that they're going to thank, God is revealing it to us. This is what God, God is saying to us. Listen to what they're going to say amongst each other. And this is all going to happen in secret. Remember that, he, that intelligence the common people would not know about intelligence. Intelligence happens in, in, in the office, in the military office, in secret, military compound. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Before it happens, God is saying to us, this is a crafty council that will happen among them. This is the, the military intelligence that will be happening among them. They have said, come and let us cut them from being a nation and let the name of Israel be no more as a remembrance. It is evil counsel that they received from the devil to come and cut the Jewish people from being a nation. Their thoughts are being revealed, brothers and sisters. That's what God is revealing to us. Now, Ezekiel 38, verse 8 says, Behold, it comes and it is done, says the Lord God. This is the day where I have spoken. Thank you, Lord. The word that comes out of his mouth will not return more. Verse 9. And they that dwell in the city of Israel to go forward and to burn and set fire upon the weapon, hallelujah, the shield bunkling upon the bow and upon the arrow and upon the stay of the hand and upon the spear, and they will burn them with fire for seven years. Seven years tribulation. They're confirmed by the prophet Ezekiel. Exactly what Daniel described to be seven years, the prophet Ezekiel confirms it. One thing I heard for many years of men of God years ago, it's that the word of God confirm itself. You don't need to go do that to do that. No. If you follow the teaching of the prophet, you can always go back and compare what one more prophet said and what what other prophet said. And it's always accurate. Because the word of God is accurate a hundred percent. That's why you need to believe the word of God. That's why. Because the word of God is accurate a hundred percent. 
Dalio cannot say that the tribulation is three and a half years. He can explain what's going to happen for three and a half years first and another three and a half years. You see? So Daniel cannot contradict Ezekiel. Brothers and sisters, because the word of God is accurate 100%. I heard this from rabbis who have studied the word of God all their life. Brothers and sisters, 50, 60 years and more. And they can tell you the word of God is accurate 100%. This nonsense of preachers, but the tribulation of three and a half years is not biblical. They can say there will be event happening in the second three and a half years, which is different. But just but to say there's only three and a half years, that is nonsense and foolishness and false teaching from the pen of hell. God have mercy. Ezekiel 39, 11. And at that time, I will give unto God a place thereof for burial in Israel, even the valley whereby men to go towards the east part of the sea, and I should cause them to pass by to stop their noses, and they should they bury God with all his multitude, and they should cast, cast at the valley of Haman, God. God is pointing out to us here what valley are they going to use at that time? I like it. I love it because he said at that time. God is so awesome. At that time. At some, some Bible translation says, at the end time. At the end time, some Bible translation says, he says at that time. And when I looked at another Bible translation, say at, at the end time, brothers and sisters. Because the, 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 the translator of the word understood that that's, what it, that's what, what, what it meant to say at the end time. The interpretation of was that it will be at the end time. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. God is good. And his mercy endure forever. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. And the, so, Haman God, that is the valley of Haman. Valley of Haman. You can still look up the valley of Haman today. Let me just look it up real quick. Praise you, Lord. I, I love to study God's word. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Because the word of God is always accurate. It's always refreshing. It's always new. You can you can keep keep studying the Word of God, and you'll find out it's always new. It's always fresh. Praise you, Lord. When you believe it, the Word is alive. This Word is alive. The Lord is, this Word is powerful. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Uh, praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm looking up Encyclopedia Dictionary. You see what they point out? Yes, they point out the great multitude that will go into the valleys. Praise the Lord. I wonder where is the valley. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. It, it, okay, in, in, in the mountain open field of Israel. Thank you, Jesus. It's not pointing exactly where it is. Praise you, Lord. So I'm, I'm looking to different dictionaries. And just comparing what the interpretation would be. And where in the map is the, is the Valley of Haman? Where in the map? Avestra, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And, and, and it will help us understand even more. Thank you, Jesus. Because this will happen in the tribulation 
I just got a map of the valley of Haman. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. This this person even had a, has the the arrow pointing to exactly where it is. And and in Israel today, the valley of Haman. Thank you, Lord. My goodness. Praise you. There's a lot of information in these pictures. Praise you, Lord. The valley of Haman. Some have even they show they show the army that in in the, in the in the valley pointing to what the what the valley will be and what it is. I'm looking for a bigger picture of it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. God is awesome, brothers and sisters. You can always trust the Lord. Always come to the Lord. Always. Always seek to know from his word because it's all everything is on his word. May God go murder Israel. And uh, this, this, according to what I'm seeing here, the, the, the valley of Haman to Israel in the map of Israel. Hallelujah. I'm not sure if it's close to Tel Aviv, but it looks to me to the eastern part of Jerusalem is what I see. Praise the Lord. It's uh, uh, Magog, hallelujah, which is in the north of Israel. Meshach, which is to the to the northeast, which is called Russia today, and Meshach, Gomer, even to the farther northeast, Kosher to the south, Libya to the south, south uh, east, Persia to the west of Israel, then Tuval, Tuval is to the north, exactly how, how the prophet said it will be. Praise you, Lord. I, I'm going to put the link on so you can... Some of you can see it. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, God. The word of God is so accurate. It is just so accurate, my goodness. You can click on the link and you can see it. Hallelujah. With everything that we're talking about it. And it's going to happen soon in the tribulation. Thank you, Lord. Verse 12 of Ezekiel 39. And seven months long shall the house of Israel be varying of them, and they may claim that they may claim the land. You see that uh, in, uh, Ezekiel says for se- this is going to happen for seven years. And over here points out that it's for, for seven months. It's not contradicting itself, brothers and sisters. It is the things that are going to be happening. To cleanse the land, It will be uh, they will cleanse the land for seven months. That's why I told people that when the Messiah comes back to Israel, it's not exactly at the end of the seven years. Because when I saw Jesus return, uh, it, it must be between the six and the seven, brothers and sisters. And if we go back to the Old Testament, brothers and sisters, when Jacob finished, finished his time of serving, hallelujah, his father-in-law for Rachel, hallelujah, uh, the, that's when the devil began to trick him. And the second serve of the seven, six years, that's when the, uh, Jacob opened up his eyes. He served in seven years for, for Leah and six, seven years for Rachel. But there was a six years that he worked, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. That, that, that's when the angel of the Lord came to Jacob and told Jacob what to do with the animal, with the sheep. And I believe this is when the Messiah took, comes. That's why in that Bible study of Genesis, uh, I I dipped one part of it, but there's another part that I want to finish, brothers and sisters, because 
you see the angel of the Lord coming to Jacob. He did not come at the end of the seventh year, but it was at the, I believe it was at the sixth year, because uh, before he finished his work for his for his father-in-law, which is the prophet Satan. Praise the Lord. Uh, uh, when he finished his work, hallelujah, and then takes his family and leaves the land. Praise the Lord. But when he served for both of the daughters, what the father-in-law says, like, work and I'll give you these things. But Jacob is like, no, you're not giving me it. And it's God that will provide it to me. Praise the Lord. Well, because it was the angel of the Lord helping him. Thank you, Jesus. So the, at the end of the seven years, the tribulation ends exactly. But before the seven year end, Jesus comes back because he needs to protect the Jewish people. Because he knows the plan of the Antichrist. Praise you, Lord. And I, I, would, I, would, I would like to, com- my throat is, is hurting already. I wanted to compare. If I take you back to Genesis and just compare and show you what I mean to say, hallelujah, what I say that I meant to, to, to point out to you, praise you, Lord, you'll see. Because I have given this Bible study before, and people were like, wow, i never seen that there before. It's there in Genesis. Because that's when the angel of the Lord comes to Jacob. And as you compare and as I show you, Hallelujah, that, that Jacob is Israel. Hallelujah, but in, in, in that Bible study that I give you, he, 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 is playing, he is playing by the Messiah. Praise the Lord. Also, the Messiah, the angel of the Lord comes to him. Praise the Lord. And that's where I do the comparison and show you that he doesn't come to him at the end of the seven years. He doesn't come. He doesn't come to Jacob. He doesn't come to Israel, in another word. So he's, he's Israel, but in this part, he's, he's playing the part of the Messiah too. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, God. But you got to go back and listen to the Bible study. I did that uh, last week. Praise you, Lord. Now I'm into this Bible study, but I need to go back and just show the people again. So I'm hoping to do that tomorrow night, to come back and just to show you Ezekiel and then the book of Genesis and show you what happened to Jacob and compare what's going to happen to Israel, which will be one same event. Everything that's going to happen to to Israel in the tribulation happened already to Jacob. Because remember that the name Jacob is changed to Israel. By whom? Your name will not be Jacob no more, but it will be Israel by the Lord. By the Lord who comes to avenge Jacob, who comes to avenge Israel. That's why I got to take you back to the Old Testament and show you all the events that is going to happen in the tribulation in behalf of Israel. And that God knew that the devil was planning to destroy Israel, but God, the Lord Jesus, have always been there to fight for the Jewish people, the Messiah. What is called today the Messiah. Back then was called the angel of the Lord. He always been there, Israel, brothers and sisters. And he will always be there. He never comes too late. A lot of people, oh, he's come at the end of the seven years. No, he not. He never comes too late. He never came to Jacob late. Praise the Lord. He did not let his father-in-law, which is the type of the devil, and he never let his brother, praise the Lord, which is a type of those that claim to be friends with Israel, but are actually his enemy. Praise the Lord. The United States claim to be a friend of Israel, but at the end time, they come against Israel. You see, all that is in the Bible. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Not only that we say we are friends with Israel, but we also say that we believe in Messiah Jesus, praise you, Lord, who came out of Israel. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, God. And so I will share more tomorrow. My throat is already hurting. 
I need to rest my throat. Thank you, Jesus. Please keep me in prayer. Keep my family in prayer. Praise you, Lord. And I hope this teaching has been blessing your life. As I show you in the Bible, all the events that are going to happen, that are about to happen, and what the enemy of God are thinking. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to emphasize on that. What the enemy of God are thinking before they do anything. God revealed to us what's in their mind. What's going to come to their mind? Praise the Lord. God revealed to us in his word. And that's what I'm, point, what I'm going to point out to you on the word. And I'm going to emphasize in whatever the Lord gives me about it, I'm going to also share. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Because everything that is going to happen is in the word of God. And before it happens, God shows it to us. Praise you, Lord. Because God is a good God. The God that we serve. Thank you. I got the, the latest prophecy from today. Praise you, Lord. I'm going to play the latest prophecy. Praise you, Lord. Listen careful. There are good words there. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, God. We got to stay up today with the latest. Hallelujah. The God, the, 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 the events that are happening, there's a lot of things that are confirming what the good word of God said that would happen in the last days. They are happening right before our eyes, brothers and sisters. Thank you, Jesus. Before the return of Christ, there is a lot of things happening. Thank you, Lord. And God is preparing us. Jesus is preparing us because he's about to take us home. Are you serious? Are you serious? Dead birds, dead fish, and thousands of dead cows. What? Yes. And it happened where? New Mexico and Texas. Uh, Mass. Animal deaths continue, folks. Matter of fact, the year 2015, there was 828 known mass animal deaths in 96 countries of the world. I'm going to put the link for you. It's a tremendous job um, of uh, keeping track of this. Uh, And I'll put the website below. These folks have done a tremendous job job in doing it in times prophecy is the name of their website and they've been tracking this ever since the first blackbirds fell out of the sky in bb arkansas well we've had forty thousand forty thousand dead cows in new mexico and in texas because of the blizzard called goliath and it happened here in the last few days while ireland batteries with Widespread flooding, uh, snow and wind in the United States has caused havoc in the dairy farms. Matter of fact, Storm Goliath tore through the Clovis, New Mexico, where um, uh, there's a lot of cheese manufacturers, and Lubbock, Texas last weekend. The storm dumped 22 inches of snow driven by wind speeds of a hundred kilometers causing havoc on the dairy farms where it left over 40,000 dead dairy cows and uh, closed down most dairies. The news of the disaster took some time to come from the region as producers started clearing the snow uh, on feed passages dealing with power outages throughout the area. Texas Association of Dairymen are contracting the state. The federal leaders are seeking assistance. In addition to these 40,000 dead dairy cows lost during the storm, beef cattle feedlots were also affected. The huge loss will make any 
uh, program trying to make a real impact. Uh, look, folks, it just did some damage. It did some serious damage to the uh, cattle industry and the dairy farm industry there. 40,000 dead cows. So when the Bible says in the book of Hosea, the Bible says, hear the word of the Lord. It says Hosea chapter 4, verses 1, 2, and 3. Listen to this prophecy. Hear the word of the Lord, you children of Israel, for the Lord has a controversy with the inhabitants of the land, because there is no truth, nor mercy, nor knowledge of God in the land, and by swearing and lying and killing and stealing and committing adultery, they break out and blood touches blood. Therefore shall the land mourn, and every one that dwelleth therein shall languish with the beasts of the field and with the fowls of heaven, yea, the fishes of the sea also shall be taken away. It is a horrendous scene down in the southwestern part of America. But the Hosea prophecy continues. God bless you. We just had an, what's this? Earthquake. Wow, just now my phone went off. 6.8 mega, mega earthquake just hit India just now. It just, you heard it ding. 6.8 earthquake just hit Impal, India. 6.8. We're going to have to find out how close that is to any major cities. Was there any major damage? Is there a threat for tsunamis? I don't know. So we're going to have to get in there and find this out right away. But we have an earthquake alert right here, right now. 6.8. Are you serious? Keep looking up, Lord. Keep looking up for the Lord to come because your redemption's drawing nigh, folks. The Lord is coming soon. Hi, everyone. This is Lisa Haven, and here we are at the kickoff of 2016. Today is Saturday, January 3rd, and things are already heating up, and we're just three days into the new year. Now, I'm going to title this report, Civil War in 2016, question mark. And the reason that I'm titling it that is I'm not saying with 100% certainty there's going to be a civil war in America. No, I'm saying that it's possible there could be a civil war in America. And I'm also saying this, if not in 2016, it could be very, very soon in the following years. And if not, then why is all of this happening? And I'm going to go through uh, just a ton of details here on why I think that is. Number one, uh, let's first start before I get into what's going on at Heyman Ranch because I'm infuriated by that. But um, first off, our government has been stocking weapons. They've been stocking ammo. They've been prepping our military. Many military figures have come in. I've gotten reports from people who are in the military themselves saying they practice this, they practice that. We're practicing dearming American citizens, things that they, many of them don't appreciate what our government's doing, which is why I believe Obama and many even before him have fired top generals in our armies and in our military. They've been, they've been laying them off by the hundreds. I think that number is up there now. Uh, so that's the first thing to consider. Next, Jade Helm. This is one of the first drills of its kind that took place on domestic soil. And I brought this up during Jade Helm repeatedly. The whole entire purpose for Jade Helm was to practice 
for civil riots, mass uh, roundups of citizens to practice for martial law. That has always been what that has been about. And also, obviously, they're doing international drills as well with that, but they're definitely practicing for some kind of domestic either invasion or domestic uprising. That was the purpose. And this is they're going to do some drill uh, yearly that, of that nature. And it's incorporating into society, mastering the human domain. Those are the words I am quoting from Jade Helm itself to study us and how we're going to respond to military inside our country. Nobody knows when it's going to break out with 100% certainty, but we know they're preparing for some kind of civil uprising. That's the first point. Well, the first point stocking. Second, they're preparing with martial law. Here is a third point. Uh, many executive orders are being issued. Now, I'm going to get into something in just a moment, but they have really increased. All presidents in the past have, ex have, have issued executive orders. Obama's not the only, only one. Many, many, many have for many, many years. Uh, Obama now has issued a lot, uh, a lot, and specifically in regards to gun control. And he made a promise this year to actually initiate that more. Now, I have a clip from President Obama I'm going to show you in a moment, but before... I tell you that or show you that clip. Let's get into what's happening at Heyman Ranch because I'm infuriated uh, how the media, CNN is twisting it. All the mainstream medias are twisting it and they're really painting this in a bad light. And I question if this has anything to do with the fact that Obama has plans to initiate some new executive orders starting as early as Monday, which just so happens to be the same day that Dwight and Stephen Haymond are, are, are planning on uh, turning themselves in, I guess, to go back to jail. But let me, let me give you a brief on that situation for those of you who don't. Um, for those of you who don't know, there's about 150 patriots that are in militiamen that are taking over National Wildlife Refugee a Federal Building in Oregon. And they're doing this in support of the Heyman family, Dwight and Stephen Heyman, a father and a son duo. Now, this father and son duo, and I'm going to leave a link to this below, has been going through a lot. And I mean a lot of turmoil with the government over the years. And to be frank, they're fighting for their rights on their land. That is literally what this entire thing is about. And there's, and there's, and there's minerals, including um, natural gas, uranium, mercury, arsenic, and, and, and others. But there are some mineral rights on that property. But they're one of the few families left standing in this area because the federal government, BLM, and are, they're trying to sweep that property up through any way, shape, or form. Now, um, the conservativetreehouse.com, I'm going to leave a link to this because I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I'm going to give you briefly a history of what's been kind of going on. Um, let's start with 1964 when the Haymans purchased uh, their ranch in the, in the Harney Basin. Uh, it included 6,000 acres of private property. They had gra four grazing rights on the public land and a small house ranch with three water rights. And the ranch is around 53 miles south of Burns, Oregon. By the 1970s, nearly all the ranches that were adjacent to Blitzen Valley were purchased by the Fish and Wildlife Services, or FWS, and added to the National Wildlife Refugee there. The refugee covers 170,000 acres and stretches over 45 miles long. Uh, the expansion of the refugee grew and surrounds the Hayman Ranch today, being approached many times 
by the fish and game service, the Hammonds refused to sell their ranch. Uh, other ranchers also chose not to sell. During the 1970s, Fish and Wildlife Services, in conjunction with the BLM, in conjunction, excuse me, took a different approach to get them to sell. So what did they do? Well, uh, they reduced uh, 32 out of 53 permits were revoked. They started revoking permits. Uh, other things that they did is they started raising the grazing fee on the cattle. Um, in the 1980s, many of the lands, uh, what also in the 1980s, now this is critical, many of the lands were destroyed by some kind of, we, you know, many people believe it was an intentional water that was diverted and destroyed some of the farms in the area. And as a result, um, I think 31 ranches on the plains were flooded. Uh, so you can see this this, this battle <laughs> here going on from the very beginning. Uh, moving on to the 1990s, the ha Hammonds were one of the few ranchers that still owned property adjacent to the refugee, or uh, yes, the refuge, refuge, not refugee, excuse me, and they were one of the few left. So it gets into a little more detail. I don't want to touch into all of it, but let's fast forward to 2001. Now, they've had lots of, you know, I guess arguments with BLM since then. But going up to 2001, Stephen Hammond called the fire department to inform them that he was going to be performing some kind of routine burning, uh, I guess, to prevent, you know, fires, or, or not to prevent fires, but to um, reduce growth of invasive plants. Um, excuse me, my legs fall asleep. But he was going to... Reduced growth of invasive plants. That was the idea behind the 2001 burn. So they did this routine prescribed burn on their ranch. Later that day, oh no, they burned, not later that day, they burned a total of 127 acres. The Haymans put the fires out themselves and there was no communication about the burn from the federal government to the Haymans at that time. Okay. There you go. Now, let's fast forward to 2006. Um, a lightning storm started multiple fires that joined together in flaming the countryside. To prevent the fires from coming onto their property, uh, they, Stephen Hammond and his father, I believe, started a backfire, or Stephen, Stephen Hammond started the backfire on his property in order to prevent the other fire from coming on and destroying their land, right? So as a result, it, it worked. You know, their home was saved, their land was saved, they didn't have fire on the property. Well, lo and behold, the next day, federal agents went to their house and uh, filed a police report against Dwight and Stephen for starting the backfires. Now, keep in mind, this is a really brief, I'm not, gonna, I'm not getting into every detail. I'm getting in a brief overview. Uh, please, please keep that in mind. Um, but uh, the police came to their land, I guess, and filed a police report making an ac accusation against them. Well, as a result, uh, in short, they were put into jail. The son served a year term, 12-month term, and, and the father, I believe, served three-month term. Uh, time in prison. Well, they got out, and shortly or sometime after their sentencing, uh, the government said, hey, I think they should go to jail now for the full four or five years. I think it's five, four or five years. I'm blanking at the moment, but they wanted them to go longer to jail, so let's take this back to court all of a sudden, right? <sighs> you can see the twisted nature of this. 
So obviously, that's that's a short version. That's a short version of what's going on. So as a result, 150 militia patriots came to stand against the chaos that is going on um, with the Heyman family. They came to defend it. And so here they are on this land. And the, and the media, first of all, I read a report on CNN, I'll leave a link below, who said, oh, they're very anti-government, and they're calling them anti-government, and they're painting them like they're holding you know, machetes and machine guns up in the air, you know, ready to, you know, and they're all dressed in garb. I mean, that's what it sounds like when you're reading it on a mainstream media site. It's not like that at all. Uh, these are a, a bunch of patriots and militia members that are out there and saying, look, you know, yeah, they're packing. Yeah, they have guns, but they're not out and pointing them and ready, you know, and they're just saying, look, we're doing this uh, a peaceful, we're not going to shoot on you guys, and, but if we have to defend ourselves, we'll have to defend ourselves. Rightly so. And here's the, the thing. The government is crossing the line. The BLM is crossing the line. They're saying, that's ours. We want it. Why do they want it? Well, because of the minerals that are on it. That's what it boils down to. It's a money It's a money issue. That's what it is. And it's also not only a money issue, but it has to do with a, the patriots. They want the patriots to be painted in a bad light. That's what's happening here. So we can see the twisted nature of CNN, the twisted nature of some of the other news reports that are out there. And then we have alternative media, such as myself and others, painting the real story of what is going on here. And Clyde and Bu Clyde Bundy, his sons are out there as well. And that's been uh, put all over the news as well. But so much is happening here. Here's, here's the thing. Uh, this could be, uh, you know, the kickoff to who knows what, but... But here's, here's the deal. We should not let the government stomp on us. That's what this is truly about. It's about the government repeatedly going above and beyond their, what they're regulated to, coming into to state land, county-owned land, and saying, we own this, and this is ours, and that's tyranny, trying to stick their nose in places where it doesn't belong. It's not this anti-government movement where we hate the government, we don't want anything to do with the government like CNN is painting it. No, it's not. It's about the rights of the American people. It's about our constitutional rights and standing on the Constitution. We have a freedom, and we should not be harassed for owning land, and especially our ranchers, our farmers, and those who are working their butts off to feed people like us in our country. We should have more farmers. We should have more ranchers. We should have more people so we don't have to buy our goods out of country because what happens if we go to war? Well, we're in a lot of trouble, aren't we? Our government knows this because they want depopulation anyway. But could this be a stomping ground, a stepping point to what they want to, to initiate here next, and that is gun control. Not only gun control, but could this spark some kind of civil war in the future? Maybe it's the beginning of it. But it's not allowing the government to stand in, to be the tyranny that they're trying to initiate. That's what this is about at Heyman Ranch. And and what terrifies me is it could you know it could break out in some kind of out shooting and, and some kind of somebody shot and fired the first shot and blah, 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 could break into a lot of stuff. But I have every confidence that it would likely be start from, who knows, the BLM, the government. Why would they do that? Well, because it just so, if it does happen that way, I don't know. I'm just saying it has the potential to do that. But if it does, uh, this plays right into Obama's card. Why? Because he just made this announcement. Let's go there. So my New Year's resolution is to move forward on our unfinished business as much as I can. And I'll be more frequently asking for your help. That's what this American project is all about. 
That's especially true for one piece of unfinished business, our epidemic of gun violence. Last month, we remembered the third anniversary of Newtown. This Friday, I'll be thinking about my friend Gabby Giffords, five years into her recovery from the shooting in Tucson. And all across America, survivors of gun violence and those who lost a child or a parent or a spouse to gun violence are forced to mark such awful anniversaries every single day. And yet, Congress still hasn't done anything to prevent what happened to them from happening to other families. So there you have it. Obama vows to start the new year off with a bang by putting more restrictions on our guns. And here's the thing. He's telling everybody what he wants to do is put more um, background checks, yada, yada, on gun rights. And, you know, maybe that's it. But what makes my mind go, huh, maybe there's more, is the fact that he's scheduled to start this on Monday, the same day that Dwight and Stephen Hammond are going to turn themselves in. And I don't know what's going to play out that day, but I guess we are going to see. But here, let's take this into account. Let me take you to this House resolution. Okay, so here we are on congress.gov. Now, I, I showed you this resolution in a, in a few of my videos the other day, but House Resolution 4269, Assault Weapon Ban of 2015 or uh, 16. Why? Because this was just introduced December 16th, 2015. Brand new piece, and you can see it was just introduced. It has not passed the House or the Senate or gone to the President to become law. It's only in step number one. Uh, only time will tell if this thing pans out. I don't think it will, and I don't know. Maybe, maybe they're going to use what happens out at the Heyman Ranch to push this. Could it happen? Absolutely. Will it happen? I don't know. But there's definitely something that they could do here. And as you can see, they want to regulate assault weapons to ensure that the right to keep and bear arms is not unlimited and for other purposes. Well, what is this thing? Well, they want to ban all our weapons except for a single shot weapon. Yes, and there are a butt, buttload, I believe it's 70 Democrats uh, who have signed onto this thing. Uh, lots, of it, it may be off on that number, but you can see the full list right in front of you there. Uh, but this is what they want to do. This is the kind of stuff they're talking about banning. It's no joke. It's the real deal. And it's just that introduction. It has not passed the House or the Senate, gone to the President to become law at this time, but they could use some kind of event to push this as well. So I say all that to say be ready because we could be looking at some kind of civil war. We have our government stocking up. We have our military preparing domestically. We have the situation going on at the Heyman uh, Ranch in Oregon with all of that. Now, that's just a piece. You know, if they were to declare some kind of martial law, I believe it would just be in that area at this time. I don't foresee that, you know, going global at this time. However, I do foresee something like them pushing to the extreme more gun control, and that's going to happen this January. We know that it's likely some states could play out Monday. He could be uh, putting more executive orders. Since Congress doesn't do his bidding or hasn't done his bidding with executive orders, as you heard Obama say in the video clip earlier, Congress has not done his bidding, uh, and we need to do this for the sake of the children. It's for the children. Isn't that like a typical Democratic move? And we know Obama's going to meet with, oh, guess who? Loretta Lynch. 
Yeah, the same lady who introduced the Strong Cities Initiative to put a new world order police force in America as well as the broad. Yeah, that woman, that witch, as I like to call her, they're going to meet together to, to, to come up with a plan to sideswipe Congress and do tyrannical move. Wonderful, ain't it? Don't you love our new tyrannical country? Not to mention, they're already doing illegal things like the no fly list. They can put anybody's name on that. And I wonder how many people who attend what's happening there at Heyman Ranch. And there, you know, there's a lot of people holding flags and, and you know, nice protests thus far. You know, it could get crazy. Uh, anyway, and who knows who would start the official shot. That's to be questioned if that is the case. And they're not over there with guns out. They're just, you know, holding up signs saying, you know, protesting. It's a protest. It's not necessarily a standoff. But they'll be there as long as it takes. And, uh, you know, my heart's with them as well. But think about the no-fly list. How many of those people are going to end up on the no-fly list? How many people who are against what Obama wants to do are going to end up on the no-fly list? Which they want to make anyone whose name is on the no-fly list cannot own a gun. Anybody's name who is on the terrorist list cannot own a gun if they think you're a terrorist. If they wink it, if you wink at them wrong and they think you're a terrorist, then you're in trouble, right? That's where we are headed. And they can put anyone and anyone on the terrorist watch list. They can put anyone and anyone on that no-fly list. Piss them off and you'll be on the no-fly list, right? That's where we're headed. And it's really upsetting. This is not the America. And this is why I want to stand for my constitutional right. And, and if we see a civil war in America, it won't be, it's because they came asking for it. It's because the government wanted to take away our guns. Or it's because they, they came and did something to the people and they're already stepping on way too many boundaries. I mean, you know, the founding of America was started on a lot less than where we are now. Anyhow, wanted to bring you the latest. This is Lisa Haven. And um, real quick, if you want a good chemtrail detox, check out getthetea.com. That's getthetea.com. Also, foodforliberty.com backslash haven. Uh, if you're not prepped with food, now is the time. It's likely we could see a civil war coming up this year. And if that happens, there's going to be limited supply. Uh, there's going to be more chaos in the streets. And... Quite frankly, it's better for everyone if we're a little more stocked and prepped and ready with food. If you don't, I it's good. Get stocked up with food. Anyhow, thanks again for tuning into my channel, and don't forget to subscribe. Uh, this is Lisa Haven signing off. Shalom Chavrim, I'm Stephen Benoon. You are watching Israeli News Live. And as we brought to you yesterday uh, our news broadcast, we were sharing with you the league that is being signed 
by the Jewish Congress and the Vatican. December 3rd, how the Jewish Congress actually signed on to the Nostra Aetate. I hope I pronounced that right there, that the Vatican's been working on for the past 50 years. Uh, this is a, a quote right directly from the book of Daniel. And after the league made with him, he shall work deceitfully, for he shall come up uh, and shall become strong with a small people. As we said to you in yesterday's broadcast, before we even got to see this particular news article you're seeing on your screen now, uh, this has been sent to me by many friends. Thank you for sending this to me. Uh, I, and I, I cannot even begin. Uh, one brother sent it to me from RT.com. Vatican fully recognizes Palestinian state as landmark treater, treaty enters force. Now, I can't even begin to tell you how serious we are looking at prophecies that are fulfilling. As I said, the league was made with the Jewish Congress when they signed the recognition of the Vatican. This was the league that was being formed by Pope Francis, many other popes that have worked on this as well, Pope John Paul II, Pope Benedict, and now Pope Francis. But now the agreement comes in on December the 3rd. The, the, the Jewish Congress, they go to the Vatican. They're, they're in a great big ceremony over the acceptance of mutual agreement and working, as they call it, a covenant. But it's actually the league. The covenant is not the covenant that's mentioned in Daniel 9.27. And some people may wonder why I say that, but it's not Daniel 9.27's covenant. This is a league. And after the league that is made, we see the scripture says that he comes up small, strong with a small people. And now we have the article today in January the 3rd uh, of 2016. Vatican fully recognizes Palestinian state as a landmark treaty enters force. I want you to notice the wording in this, and then we're going to be going to another groundbreaking prophecy in just a moment. The Vatican announced Saturday that its comprehensive agreement with the state of Palestine signed in 2015 has come into full force in which the Holy See bolstered support for the two-state solution of the long-standing Israeli-Palestinian conflict. Referring to Palestine as state means Vatican has recognized it as an equal partner, thus sealing support for 2012 UN General Assembly resolution granting Palestine a non-member observer status. The Holy See and State of Palestine have notified each other that the uh, uh, procedural requirements for its the agreements entry into force have been fulfilled under the terms of Article 30 of the same agreement. The Holy See said in a statement on Saturday, the historic 2015 treaty is to secure rights and privileges of the Catholic Church on Palestinian territories in exchange for brokering two-state solution as well as giving more weight to Palestine, Palestine's political stance in the world. It also said to include safeguarding the holy sites in Palestine, equally important for all three Abrahamic religions. I'm telling you, this is just amazing. No, back up though. I put it in yellow. I wanted to highlight this for you guys. And, and just in case you might be having a hard time seeing this, let me take this one paragraph. Let's boost this thing on up here where I know you don't have any problem in seeing it. The historic 2015 treaty is to secure rights 
and privileges of the Catholic Church on Palestinian territories in exchange for brokering two-state solution as well as giving more weight to Palestine's political stance in the world. There's only one entity that can do that, and that's the Catholic Church. Yes, they do hold the world, the two keys, the world political powers as well as all the world spiritual powers, and they are throwing their weight around proving exactly that they do have all this themselves. Now, I want to take you uh, quickly over here to Mamre here. Again, we look at the prophecy here in Mamre's, uh, uh, the, the Mamre online Bible here. Let me boost this up a little bit for you as well so you see this clearly. Let's go down to verse 23, the critical verse of what's being fulfilled as we are speaking. It says, and after the leap made with him, he shall work deceitfully. That's the Pope of Rome will work deceitfully. And he shall come up and become strong with a little nation. That is the Palestinians. It's not that he's coming up strong with the Jews. He just needed to make a league with the Jews. Because see, the Jews is going to be a contentious battle between Rome and the Jews. Because why? The two witnesses are coming on the scene. And because of that particular passage, I'm about to show you where you are in the end of days. We're going to chapter 12. Now, I might remind you of one particular verse here in chapter 12. It is near the end here. Um, and, and this is where Daniel asked the question, and I heard, but I understood not. What did Daniel not understand? What is happening right here in the latter end? He says, I understood not. Then said I, O oh my Lord, what shall be the latter end of these things? Because see, Daniel 11 does cover a space of time. Not everything is in the latter end in Daniel 11. Some things are. But in chapter 12, it deals with the latter end. And it is confusing, to say the least. And he said, now the angel tells Daniel, uh, Go thy way, Daniel, for the words are shut up and sealed to the time of the end. So Daniel's own prophecy has been sealed. Many people have poked at it, prod at it, trying to figure it out, especially chapter 12. I never could figure it out for the life of me. And then today the Lord did an astonishing thing. He revealed to me about the Holy Covenant and what the Holy Covenant really is. And that is something that was interesting, to say the very least. If you go back and you study the early church fathers, Tertullian, Clement, Eusebius, all of them, they all believed that the 70th week of Daniel, that Yeshua was cut off in the midst of the 70th week. Do you know that even John Calvin, John and Wesley, and uh, uh, Finney, Knox, all of them also believed that Yeshua was cut off in the midst of Daniel's 70th week, and they all believed that the covenant was the covenant made by Christ. And this is what they had believed. Now, this is something that I did not know at the time when the Lord revealed to me that the covenant was what Yeshua started 
in the first half of the 70th week, the three and a half years of his ministry to Israel, that he's preached to the Jews. He fulfilled that covenant. The holy covenant was reestablishing his true word of God. He reestablished the truth of Moses' own words that were given to him to lead Israel and to bring Israel back to the straight path that they had erred away from. And then what happens? For a time it goes away and it's sealed up as Daniel is told. Seal it up. Of course, now Daniel, he's prophesying of the coming of the Messiah as well as he prophesies of the two witnesses. And that's a shock for people today, I'm sure, to find out he speaks of the two witnesses coming. I'm going to share that with you in a moment. Now, but what do we see happening here? When the two witnesses come on the scene, that is when, when they arrive and they stand on this earth. And it will literally be Moses and Elijah that stand upon this very earth right here. And you're going to find out exactly why they must come. It's a prophecy that must be fulfilled. God is going to fulfill his prophecy. Now, what is going to happen here, though? They have to return. And that's when the second half of the Holy Covenant will be fulfilled. Because notice, the prince that, 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 that shall come, which is not the Messiah, he has indignation for the Holy Covenant. He hates that Holy Covenant. It's not a covenant with Israel. It is, that is something that, that manifested here just in the last century here when the Vatican was pushing their own ideology and got the evangelists out there all mixed up to preach a bunch of lies to get them away from the true word of God. Alright, but what do we find here? We find out that the two witnesses are going to come. Remember, Daniel was told by the angel to seal the book up for it would be revealed at the end time. Let's take a look at what Daniel chapter 12 is all about. And at that time shall Michael stand up, the great prince, who standeth for the children of thy people. And there shall be time of trouble, such as never was since there was a nation. Even to that same time, and at that same time, thy people shall be delivered. Every one that shall be found written in the book. Think about little brother Nathan that gave the prophecy that he gave recently after visiting uh, his near-death experience. Yes, it's over a period of time, little brother Nathan, but yes, your vision is accurate. And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall wake, some to everlasting life, some to reproaches and everlasting abhorrence. They that are wise shall shine as the brightness of a firmament, of the firmament, and they that turn the many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. Now you're beginning to see the coming of your two witnesses. See, what do they do? Jesus even says, you cannot put a lamp under a bushel, or you cannot put the candle under the bushel, but it must be out to light up the house. And see, it says, and they, there's more than one, their wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament. And they that turn many to the righteousness as the stars forever and ever. Turning them to recognize who the Messiah is. Is what you have in verse 3. Verse 4. But thou, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book even to the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro and knowledge shall be increased. That shows that there would be a going away, a falling away from the true gospel that Yeshua brought for all, for all the way to the very end, in fact. Okay? And um, then he says, Then I, Daniel, looked and behold, there stood other two. There stood other two? 
the one on the bank of the river on this side and the other on the bank of the river on the other on that other side. Here's your two witnesses right here standing on either side of the river. Now watch what happens. And one said to the man clothed in linen who was above the waters of the river, which is Yeshua, the Mashiach, it is the Messiah standing above for my Jewish brethren that may not understand of the river. How long shall it be to the end of the wonders? To the end of the wonders? That's in the compound word you're looking at here on your screen here. The hey, pay, lamed, alaf, vav, tav. Ha, pelot. The wonders. Do you know that question is being asked? How long shall it be to the end of the wonders? The question is asked by one of the two that is on either side of the river. And it's being asked of the Messiah. How long should these wonders go on? In other words, how long do we... Bring down the plagues and the things that you have called us to do. All right? Then he answers them. And I heard the man clothed in linen who was above the waters of the river when he lifted up his right hand and his left hand unto the heaven and swore by him that liveth forever and ever that it shall be for a time's time and a half time. Go to Daniel chapter 4. You find out that the word time represents one year. So a time, which is one year, times, that's two times, that's two more years. That's three years. Half time is a half year. Three and a half years. Lines up with Revelation 11 about the two witnesses. It's two. They're on either side of the river there. And then the man dressed in linen, the Messiah, instructs him that it'll be for three and a half years. These wonders will take place. And he says, and when they have made an end of breaking in pieces the power of the holy people, all these things should be finished. There will be the death of the two witnesses. They break the power. Remember, it is given power over them in Revelation 11, and they're able to overcome them. And that's, the, that's that beast that overcomes the two witnesses, and they're killed, and their dead bodies lay in the street. But they do rise up after three and a half days on their feet, and they ascend up into heaven. And then the final judgments of God pours out on the earth. Now, let's go back to the question that is asked there. How long shall it be to the end of the wonders? This question is actually asked by Moses straight to Yeshua. Remember, a beautiful type of Zechariah's prophecy. The golden lampstand with the two candlesticks on either end or the two olive branches on either end of the golden lampstand there, which is none other than the prophecy of Daniel here. And he asked, how long will these wonders be? All you have to do to know what wonders he's talking about is drop back into the book of Exodus. And we'll look exactly so you can see, because God gave Moses in Exodus 34 a specific prophecy that was going to happen here. Let's go to Exodus 34, verse 10. And he said, Behold, I make a covenant. See? See, God makes a covenant. What covenant is God going to make? It's a future covenant. It has nothing to do with the time and when Moses was on the earth. But he's going to make a covenant. This is Daniel's 70th week covenant. It's the holy covenant to restore the holy law of God. That's what the covenant is all about. Alright? And he makes this covenant before all thy people. I will do 
Not the word marvel. Even the rabbis admit they changed the translation of the word. Because why? They said this was after Moses comes out of the Red Sea and he did all the great miracles in Egypt. And how could he do greater than these miracles when they realized that Moses died? Moses never did complete this. So all they could figure is that these had to be marvels and not wonders, not miracles, not judgments. Because they said Moses died. Well, it's right there again. Another compound. Nipalot. See? I will do wonders with you. He's going to do wonders with Moses. Such as have not been wrought in all the earth nor any nation. In all the... And he says here. And um, all the people among which thou art shall see the work of the Lord. It's a prophecy of the coming in the future. Do you know in Psalm 106, when David writes about Moses, he said that God was going to wipe off Israel for their, for their idolatrous ways that they were doing. But Moses stood in the breach and cried out for Israel. Just like Yeshua stood in the breach for Israel when they were sinning and yet he brought the covenant that, Moses, that God speaks to Moses about. I'll make a covenant. And this covenant is made with Israel in the future. And that's the covenant that Moses will come and reveal. Just as Yeshua came and revealed the covenant in his day, Moses will come and bring back the original words that Yeshua was speaking 2,000 years ago when he came to Israel then. Alright, now, and even God gives Moses a warning in here. Watch what he says, and I'm about to do with thee, that is, it, it is tremendous. Okay, now God knew that Moses was not going into the land. God knew that there would never be another great work that Moses would do in this earth. But he prophesied that he's going to. Then he says, observe thou that which I am commanding thee this day. Behold, I am driving out before thee the Amorite, the Canaanite, the Hittite, the Perizzite, and the Hivite, and the Jebusite. Take heed to thyself, lest thou make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land, whether thou goest, lest they be for a snare in the midst of thee. See, that's not the same covenant that God, that's not the holy covenant, just like the league that is made with the Jewish Congress. God didn't want to make a no league with the, with the Vatican. Esau, do you not know, Jewish congressman, do you not know what God said he's going to do? You even state in your own articles, your own article, you made the bold statement that the Vatican is Esau and that the latter day that, that God is going to do something great and restore y'all's fellowship back together again. Not according to Obadiah's prophecy. 21st verse. And saviors, or actually the word deliverers, Moshoim, shall come up on Mount Zion to judge the Mount of Esau. And the kingdom shall be the Lord's. Well, let me tell you something. You're going to allow... You Jewish Congress, right along with the Palestinian Authority, you're going to allow the Vatican to come up on Mount Zion? You already did it when you allowed them to do the communion service there. My gosh, friends, you are seeing judgment is going to come, and it's about to happen at any moment now. My God. Okay, in closing with other news here, just let me go back real quick. I wanted to share some more serious things that are happening in the world. To me, this is this is incredible news as it is. The Iranian cleric Saudi Arabia's royal family will be exterminated, says an Iranian cleric, uh, a senior ayatollah in Iran. 
Hamid Kantami condemned Saudi Arabia's execution of Shiite cleric Namir al-Namir on Saturday and said the royal family will be wiped out. A lot of threats, a lot of unrest there in the Middle East. This is the type of things that cause these Arabic nations to go to war with one another. The United States stands with Iran. They stand with uh, Egypt. We see that they work together. The U.S. Uh, stands with Turkey. They stand with Saudi Arabia, Qatar, uh, and Kuwait, and all those nations there. Uh, Iraq is starting to side more with Russia, uh, especially since Iraq was uh, uh, decimated by the, uh, the United States military. So Iraq would stand with them, Syria, Iran, as well as uh, the, the um, um, in Lebanon there, Hezbollah also stands with Russia. And also another interesting news that's coming as well is that President Putin has authorized uh, to 46 military helicopters to be delivered to the Egyptians. Now this was for the ships that are being delivered to them this uh, in the first part of the year here by the French, the the the, the uh, amphibious uh, aircraft carrier for helicopters. And believe me, this type of ship is for a very short distance of travel. It is also a land-based uh, ship. So Russia is expecting a major war in the Middle East, and they're getting their allies together as well. And this is what you're seeing, by the way, friends, all in Daniel 11. This is the wars and stuff that are going to be fought against one another. When it speaks about tens of thousands of troops that are killed there, I cannot help but wonder if this is not the coalition the United States and, and Saudi Arabia put together. Exactly 100,000 troops, 10,000 U.S. and 90,000 coming from Saudi Arabia and from the United Arab Emirates in that region there, which makes up 10,000 uh, uh, when the plural is there, which is a hundred thousand there that will end up being destroyed. It's very serious to say the least, and both sides are preparing for the battle. At the same time, God is preparing his two witnesses, and they will come on the scene at any time. We are, we'll see biblical prophecy being fulfilled. And you'll also notice, we'll go into this later, the Pope of Rome will be against the Holy Covenant. He will hate to see that the Jews are beginning to believe that Yeshua is the Messiah. He will come against it. He will condemn it. He will say that this was not the way that Jesus taught. He will say that this is a lie. But the two witnesses will bring back and restore that holy law the way God intended it to be. I'm Stephen Benoon. You're watching Israeli News Live in an hour of prophecy manifesting daily. Shalom and good evening. everyone. This is Lisa Haven, and I've got a truly disturbing report to share with you today. And that is this. This past December 17th, 
a new resolution was introduced in the House, House Resolution 569. Now, it was introduced by a Democrat from Virginia's District 8. His name is Donald Byer. And him and 70 other Democrats have signed on to this resolution, and it's very, very disturbing. What is this resolution, you ask? Well, they have just moved to make it or to condemn, thus far it's condemned, speaking against Muslims. In fact, the report states itself any violence, bigotry, or hateful rhetoric towards Muslims should be condemned. Now, I'm going to title this report that government makes a move to make it a crime to speak against uh, to speak against Muslims. Why am I going to do that? Well, because it starts with condoning something and looking down on something. You wouldn't pass a legislation in the House and try to uh, pass a bill, and I'm going to show you the bill in a moment, so you don't have to take my word for it, but we're going to go there. Uh, but if you're going to start with something like this, this is a step, and it's going to continue to make that step. What happens if it's uh, looked or frowned upon or condemned if you speak against the Muslims? Well, eventually, people are going to start making it into a criminal crime. Uh, and we can talk about fights and race riots. I think this could start a whole lot of things. But here's, here's the thing to think about as well. There is nothing... Uh, that says, oh, you can't talk against Christians, oh, you can't talk against Catholics, oh, you can't say anything against Buddhists. Why is it only against the Muslims that we're not allowed to speak against? Why even make a resolution that goes against our First Amendment right, which... Uh, our First Amendment right states, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech, which they're doing, right? This goes against our freedom of speech or press. Both of those have been violated uh, and, and so on and so forth. Let's get into that House resolu resolution because you guys really need to see this. All right, so here we are on congress.gov. I'll show you the link here, and I'm going to leave a link below uh, definitely for you guys to check out here. Here is House Resolution 569, and what is the title? Condemning Violence, Bigotry, and Hateful Rhetoric Towards Muslims in the good old-fashioned United States of America. Um, as you can see, introduced on the 114th Congress, 2015-2016, Sponsors, well, that's Republican buyer Donald S. Jr. of Virginia District 8. This is the guy here who has introduced the bill. He needs to be removed from office. So if you live in Virginia, that would be an act I would do, along with all 70 people whose names fall on this document. And the reason that I'm saying this is, look, you know, like I said, why is it, why are they going to make it, or attempt to make it. This has not passed, let me be clear. Uh, shows you here, it has just been introduced. And then it, it, it goes through a whole step of, of actions and, and, and so on and so forth. This is just step one. It hasn't going, gone through, and I'm hoping it won't go through. But the fact that they introduced it should open up a whole heck of a can of worms for everybody out there. Why don't they move again, you know, to make it against the law to speak against Christianity? You know, because we have a freedom of speech. That's why. 
Now, here's the resolution condemning violence, bigotry, and hateful rhetoric towards Muslims. Here's all 70 Democrats who have signed on to this thing December 17th, 2015. All of them need to be removed from office. Well, let's read through this resolution before I give my little dialogue. It says, whereas the victims of anti-Muslim hate crimes and, and rhetoric have faced physical, verbal, and emotional abuse, because they were Muslims or believed to be Muslim, whereas the constitutional right to freedom of religious practice is cherished. Oh, so they cherish freedom of religion part and, and violence or hate speech towards any community based on faith is, is um, contravention of the nation's founding principles. Huh. That's interesting because they're willing to give up Part of our First Amendment right, which is the freedom of speech. But they're doing it under the name of freedom of religion. Hmm. Moving on. Where there are millions of Muslims in the United States, a community made up of many diverse beliefs, cultures, immigrants, and native-born citizens, Muslim community is recognized as having made many contributions to cultural and economic fabric, whereas hateful and intolerant acts against them are basically unacceptable, whereas the acts not only the individual victim, but also it messes with their families, their beliefs, yada, yada. Whereas women who wear their headscarves or other religious clothing have been disappropriately targeted because of their religious articles that they wear. Wow, same thing happens with Christianity, who when we wear a cross, we're ultimately targeted. But hey, you know, I don't suggest anyone make a law against Christianity. Don't go and say it's against the law to speak against Christians. I don't want that. I don't want that law in place. Why? Because people have a freedom of religion. Don't go and do it about Muslims. Don't go and do it about Catholicism. Don't go and do it for, for Jewish. No religion gets a, a precedence over the other and this is what they're doing whereas the rise of hateful and anti-Muslim speech, violence and cultural ignorance plays into the false narrative spread by terrorist groups of western hatred of Islam and can encourage individuals to react in extreme ways. So here is the House of Representatives expresses its condolence for the victims of anti-Muslim hate crimes, confirms its dedication to the right and dignity of citizens of all. Well, then why don't you just put all faiths, right? But that's not the case. Why? Because many in the upper ranks of the government are Muslim links. Number three, denounces in the strongest terms of increased hate speech, intimidation, violence, vandalism, arsony, and other hate crimes towards mosques. Muslims are those perceived, believed, even believed to be Muslims. The U.S. Muslim community has made positive contributions. Uh, number five, declares that the civil rights and civil liberties of U.S. citizens, including Muslims, should be protected and preserved, should be for everybody. Uh, urges local and federal law authorities to work to prevent these crimes. And obviously uh, reaffirms in it inalienable rights of every citizen to live without fear and intimidation and to practice their freedom of faith. There is that house resolution. All right, let me be clear here about something. Um, I don't believe Muslims should be have any violent acts done against them. I'm not a violent person. I'm not, I'm not, I don't condone violent acts. However, what I disapprove of is the fact that they're going to go against our First Amendment right 
and make it condemnable or almost criminal, it's going to turn into criminal. If this thing goes through, eventually it will become a criminal act to say anything against a Muslim. They're already doing it on media. They won't say Islamic terrorism. They won't say jihadic terrorists. You know, they do terrorism. Let's just call it terrorism to be politically correct. Okay, what I don't agree with is the fact that they're doing this and no other religion has that made for them. You know, heck, when the Holocaust happened, you didn't see them, you know, trying to pass laws and saying, oh, it's bad to speak against the Jewish religion. Don't say anything bad. Or when we went through, you know, all the stuff with the Japanese internment camps during that time, did they make it a law to say anything against their religion? No, 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 no. No. Why? Because it goes against our First Amendment right. Don't put one religion over another, and that's exactly what they're doing. That I don't agree with. That I don't appreciate. And I wouldn't want our government either to create a law saying, don't speak against Christianity. People have a right. If they don't agree with Christianity, by all means, speak against it. If, you know, if they don't like it, if they have a certain religion, I'm not going to say, hey, you're not allowed to say anything against what I believe. That's stupid. That's ludicrous. And that's insanity. But that's what our government's doing or attempting to do. These 70 Democrats are attempting to push this through the House of Rep Representatives. So I say it again. They are moving to make it criminal. While this House resolution does not make it a criminal crime to speak against them, it does condone it. And there's a very thin line that can be drawn between just condemning it, not condone it, but condemning it, uh, because why even make a resolution in the first place saying, let's condemn it? Why? Well, because it's going to get worse in the media. If you say anything bad about it, if you say anything bad about immigration, for example, when these Syrian refugees start coming in and start pouring in and our crimes go up, people are not going to be too happy. That's what's going to, that's just the truth. If this resolution passed, well, now you can't not be unhappy about this. You can't express your feelings. And yes, because a major all of those, for the most part, coming in, they're Muslims. Few, if any, are Christians that are coming in. And Christians are getting highly persecuted in that country. If we're going to be fair, bring them in. But we don't see them bringing a load of them in either. They're bringing in ISIS. They're bringing in terrorists. And a bunch of them are young men. And we know what's happening in Germany already and in Sweden as they are allowing the mass influx of immigrants in. Well, if this thing gets passed, you can betcha mainstream lying media is going to keep their mouth shut due to political correctness. If crimes happen, well, it was done by a man of uh, Arabic origin or they'll just paint his skin color white like they did with the reporter guy, uh, the guy that shot the reporter. <laughs> Let's paint him white, you know. Uh, CNN did that. Uh, hopefully you followed that story. I don't want to get too much into that. But these are the kinds of things that media pull, mainstream media. And they're going to attempt to start shutting up everyday media like myself, like other channels who are really speaking truth. And here's just one step in that direction. Eventually, uh, we already know that Mark Zuckerberg um, on Facebook is ha had a meeting with Angela Merkel on a live mic, and he stated that he would start making it censored if anyone spoke against immigration. 
Well, that would include Muslims. Some of the posts that get the most censored on my Facebook are those that speak about Muslims, those that speak about the truth of what's really going on, those that speak about immigration. And so all I see is, is, is that ladder going heavier in one direction. Well, hopefully this thing doesn't get passed. But I wanted to bring you guys all the latest on that and allow you to decide. And hopefully uh, you guys understand where I'm coming from. I think, you know, no religion should be pushed above the other, especially as a country doing that. Anyhow, wanted to bring you the latest. This is Lisa Haven signing off. For those of you who are visiting, we do a prophecy update each week after our teaching through 1 Corinthians. And for today's prophecy update, I want to talk about what I believe is going to be a prophetically significant year in 2016. I believe this for a number of reasons, not the least of which is that of the increased persecution that potentially awaits us as Christians in the coming year, should the Lord tarry. I'm of the belief that 2016 will be a defining year because of the greater intensity and frequency with which prophecy is now being fulfilled. It reminds me of what Jesus said. It's uh, recorded in the book of Revelation. He said, Behold, I come quickly. And that's an interesting word in the original language of the Greek New Testament. It's the word tachos in Greek, which is where we get our English word for tachometer. And a tachometer in our cars is a gauge that measures revolutions per minute, known as RPMs. What's interesting about that choice of word, when Jesus says, Behold, I come quickly, what he's saying is, Behold, I come at a time when things are revving up. The RPMs are going to be redlining. See, the time is already set. It's a gauge that measures not time. It's per minute. That's already set. But the revolutions per minute. Behold, I come quickly. I come at a time when things are going to be revving up with greater intensity and greater frequency. Hear me out, and I really had to think through this and pray through this in how I would say this, but I would suggest that if what it looks like could happen actually does happen, in the months that lie ahead, it's likely not going to bode well for some. And by that I mean some Christians may be completely blindsided and caught off guard so much so that it may very well shake them in their faith. And maybe the jury is still out on what the shaking may accomplish, but for some it may wake them up, but sadly for others it may instead take them down. I think we've had it really good for a really long time here in the United States of America. We've taken for granted many things that as Christians we can enjoy, freedom being supreme among them. 
And as I see what is taking place in the world today, it's becoming quite clear that we've got some rough days ahead for us as Christians. We are living in a world, not our home, that is becoming increasingly hostile to Christians and, I'll add to that, Jews as well. And it's really chiefly at the hand of Muslims who are commanded in the Quran to terrorize and behead the people of the book, the Jews and the Christians. And that's why Christians in the Middle East, my countrymen, my Arab people, brothers and sisters, and they're your brothers and sisters in Christ, are being tortured at the hands of Muslims. They're being crucified. Again, the Quran commands the Muslim to crucify Christians. And they're being beheaded. Many children are beheaded in front of their parents. It's unthinkable, really. We here in America, though, and I don't mean this to beat up on anybody or be derogatory towards anybody, but I think you would have to agree that it's so far removed from us. It's not our daily portion. We, especially in Hawaii, we living in what is called paradise on earth, and it is beautiful here, but it comes packaged with this subtle ability to lullaby us into a spiritual slumber. And uh, we don't take seriously the times in which we live. And living here, I think, has sort of given way to that. And as one said this this last couple of weeks, that he fears that many Christians in America are not prepared for what's coming. The casual Christian, the Christian that's playing church, the Christian that only goes to church and fellowships occasionally, reads the word rarely, prays even more rarely, how, how are they going to stand in the face of what is likely coming? I hope you know that I in no way wish to incite fear. God's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind to make sound decisions. God's given us a profound intellect. But by virtue of the fact that so many Bible prophecies seem to have sped up in 2015, it would stand to reason that they may speed up even more in 2016. I mean, it would just seem reasonable to conclude that. And it's for this reason that I think I'd be grossly remiss were I not to sound a warning as a watchman. This is something that I obviously take very seriously. And one of the reasons I do is because I would much rather sound a warning and have nothing happen than not sound a warning 
only to have something happen. And keep in mind, I will have to give an account one day. I will have to give an account one day when I'm standing before my God and I will have to give an account for what I did with that which he called me to. Ezekiel, the 33rd chapter, I want to read verses 1 through 9, is why I say this, really, and why I do this, and why since the year 2006, we're entering into 10 years now that we've been doing these prophecy updates on a weekly basis. It says, again, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, Speak to the children of your people and say to them, When I bring the sword upon a land and the people of the land take a man from their territory and make him their watchman, when he sees the sword coming upon the land, if he blows the trumpet and warns the people, then whoever hears the sound of the trumpet and does not take warning, if the sword comes and takes him away, his blood shall be on his own head. He heard the sound of the trumpet, but did not take warning. His blood shall be upon himself. But he who takes warning will save his life. But if the watchman sees the sword coming and does not blow the trumpet, and the people are not warned, and the sword comes and takes any person from among them, he is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood, listen, I will require at the watchman's hand. So you, son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. Therefore you shall hear a word from my mouth and warn them for me. When I say to the wicked, O wicked man, you shall surely die, and you do not speak to warn the wicked from his way, that wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at your hand. Nevertheless, if you warn the wicked to turn from his way, and he does not turn from his way, he shall die in his iniquity, but you have delivered your soul. I think of the Apostle Paul in the book of Acts, who said that I am free of the blood of any man. Why? Because I did not cease from giving you the whole counsel of God. The whole word of God. The whole truth and nothing but the truth, so help me God. Oh, it might not make me popular. I won't have the biggest church on the island. By the way, I've had a big church. I love you, man. I love a small church. <laughs> big church equal big problems. Believe me. When we came here, I prayed, Lord... Let the church grow small. I had no idea that the Lord would answer that prayer by locally growing the church, adding to the church. We're relatively a small church, but he grew it small all over the world. 
with an online church that I could have never imagined the Lord would ever do. And so he answered that prayer, and for that I am very grateful. And one of the reasons I prayed that was because I know to whom much has been given, much is required. What are you going to do with what I have given you to do, called you to do? It's interesting, the watchman would hear a word from the Lord about what was coming, and then he was to warn God's people about what was to come. His neck was on the line. That's kind of selfish of me, isn't it? I'm, I'm keeping, you know, trying to save my own neck. <laughs> there I warned you! <laughs> I'm free of the blood of anyone. <laughs> because I, I did what I was supposed to do. Now it's up to you. Well, what are you saying, Pastor? Are you, what are you seeing? Oh, what's coming? I think suffice it to say, in 2016, my posture will continue to be that of blowing the trumpet to warn the people of that which I believe with all my heart is coming upon the land. I suppose the question does become, though, what exactly is coming? And I want you to think through this with me, but for the answer to that question, I think we need look no further than to how 2015 ended. And we did talk about this a little bit last week, but what follows this week in no specific order are just a few things. Time doesn't permit to address all of the things that I see coming, but just a few things that either started happening or are now happening as we start off the new year. And some of these things were taking place sort of below the radar while we were celebrating Christmas and New Year. First, the wheels are in motion by the U.S. president to unilaterally use executive powers to implement sweeping new gun laws, which experts believe will certainly violate the Second Amendment. This is huge. I think the president tomorrow, Monday, is going to meet uh, with staff and uh, start this process in motion. There's also the Islamic terrorism around the world that is unprecedented, I think you would agree, and it's the likes of which we've not seen in our lifetime. It, it almost seems as though Islam has been largely dormant in years past. And then it seems that the green light was given, and it was their belief, especially the belief of the Islamic State, that in order to fulfill Islamic prophecy, they had to establish a caliphate, Sharia law, in what they call the Levant, which is really the promised land, the original borders of the promised land. Add to that the recent wild and wacky weather across the globe, really sad, the flooding on the mainland. But I don't know if you heard about this, but there were numerous <clears throat> earthquakes in, of all places, California. Now, 
you see here pictured on the screen a chart that only goes through August of last year, and it was only the central U.S., but look at that increase in earthquake activity. If you go to the USGS site, they, they can't get away with it anymore. Years ago, when I used to teach Matthew 24, which we'll look at here in a moment, um, I used to discourage people from relying on the USGS because they were publishing conflicting data. But as it turns out, the data is very clear. Earthquakes have increased exponentially. I mean, dramatically. Exactly as Jesus said they would, as a sign of the end of the age. It's in Matthew 24, verses 3 through 8. As I read this, and I know some, if not most of you are familiar with this, all of that discourse, this portion of it, but as I read it, view it through the lens of our world today as we step into and usher in this new year. As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. Tell us, they said, when will this happen? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? Here's Jesus' answer. Watch out that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name claiming I am the Messiah and will deceive many. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars that could also be translated threats of wars. But see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. And verse 8 is key. He says, all these are the beginning of birth pains. The King James translates it sorrows, but it's really in the original language, birth pains which come in greater frequency and greater intensity. And all of these things that Jesus lists here will be like those birth pains in that they will increase as birth pains do, likening the return of the Lord to a baby being born. The baby is born when it comes more frequently and with greater intensity. Then there's the economic news, which by any stretch of the imagination is bleak at best, and it's evidenced by this Bloomberg business article describing 2016 as the year that nothing worked. <laughs> it's the year that stocks, bonds, and cash went nowhere. What an apt description of a very volatile year financially. On Thursday, the 31st, the last day of 2015, the Washington Post reported that U.S. stocks had their weakest year since 2008. Remember 2008? <laughs> it was the weakest year since 2008 in 2015. And if this weren't bad enough, Market Watch published an article in which they reported that Wall Street's forecast for 2016 will be even worse than 2015. Happy New Year. <laughs> you know what this tells me? That we do err greatly, especially as Christians, if we lay up for ourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust can destroy and where thief can break in and steal. Instead, 
we would do well to lay up for ourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust cannot destroy and thief cannot break in and steal. I believe that any Christian who is looking to their financial portfolio, looking to their their financial strength, maybe their savings account, their retirement account. I have to say that you can't trust in that. You can't trust in that. Loosen your grip on that. It's okay to have it, but don't let it have you, and certainly don't let it have your trust. That is not what our trust is to be in. That is not what our hope is to be in. Well, that's just the economy. You'll forgive me, but I am not going to dive into the shark-infested waters of this year's election uh, for a new president. I will say, and this is the only thing I'll say, is that if the Lord tarries, we're in for an electoral process that promises to be very, very interesting. But, be that as it may, and by the way, uh, this is the likes of which we've never seen before, too. It's almost humorous for me, and if anything, I enjoy watching the experts uh, on these cable news channels trying to explain what's going on this time. They've never seen anything like it. And you know exactly what I'm talking about. So I'm trying not to get political here, but it is very interesting uh, that we have playing out uh, something that has never uh, been seen before. And it'll be very interesting to see how it plays out in the weeks and months ahead. But let me hasten to say that all that as it is, While we were celebrating the holidays, there were significant developments concerning Israel, and it went largely unnoticed because of that, probably. On Friday, January 1st, the Times of Israel published a report titled, Iran will make missiles for as long as U.S. supports Israel. Wait a minute. (laughs) Call me silly, but I thought we had a nuclear deal with Iran. Oh, it gets worse. Quoting the article, the Revolutionary Guard's head hit back at the U.S. threat of sanctions over weapons tests, saying that the regime has so many missiles it doesn't know where to put them. (laughs) This was after, I don't know if you heard about this, while we're all celebrating, enjoying the holidays, Iran launched what one called a highly provocative rocket test last week that was close in proximity to U.S. warships and even commercial traffic passing through the Strait of Hormuz. Uh, There was no comment from the president. He was over here at Midpac in Lanikai golfing. Oh, but did you see that 40-foot putt that... That was pretty impressive, wasn't it? (laughs) You'll forgive my cynicism. 
but that's shameful. Not a word. Iran does this, not a word. If anything, he walks back threats of new sanctions because of this. And you wonder why I'm warning you about what might come in 2016? Oh, pastor, you're an alarmist. Fine! The alarm is sounding! Are you kidding me? Let me calm down and quote the rest of the article. General Hossein Salami, in a speech during Friday prayers in Tehran, said, quote, We tell the Americans that we will further expedite enhancement of our missile capabilities as long as they, listen to this list of what we're doing, massacre the Palestinian children, as long as they bury Yemen's oppressed children in their houses, as long as they displace the Muslim nation of Syria, as long as they attack the houses of the Pakistanis, as long, and this one gets me, as they occupy the Islamic lands, and as long as they support the Zionist regime to bomb Lebanon, Palestine, and Syria, you'll never hear them even utter the word, the name Israel. It's not Israel. The very first time I went to Israel, 1994, what's that now, 20-some years ago, I came back and I was living on the mainland at the time and I have a huge Arab family there, all of whom consider themselves to be Palestinians. And I shared with my cousin, man, Israel was great. And he gave me this death look. I thought he was going to kill me. He said, you mean Palestine? I said, no, I mean Israel. <laughs> he said, you mean Palestine? <laughs> you know, you are in grave danger because I uttered the name Israel. There cannot be an Israel in Islam because as long as there is an Israel in Islam's way of thinking, Islam has failed. That's why the Islamic State is gaining so much traction in their efforts to establish a caliphate. Did you hear about what happened in Iraq this last week? It was taken away from them. Watch what's going to happen. Because see, every time they take land, it legitimizes the Islamic State and their caliphate, and the possibility for Muslims to then swear allegiance to the Islamic State because of the caliphate. So, Every time the opposite happens and they lose land, it delegitimizes them. Which is going to be very interesting to see how that plays out. Iran isn't just provoking the United States, they're also threatening Saudi Arabia. Yesterday, the Jerusalem Post reported that an Iranian cleric predicted the fall of Saudi uh, the Saudi government over a Shiite cleric's execution. I don't know if you heard about this. You have to understand, Saudi Arabia is Sunni. They are Sunni Muslims. The House of Saud, Ibn Saud, uh, Beit Saud, is a Sunni reign and monarchy. In Iran, they are Shiite Muslims, and they're enemies one of the other. Let me just uh, share with you some of what the report had to say quickly. A prominent cleric with 
close links to Iran's ruling establishment denounced the execution on Saturday of a Saudi Shiite cleric and predicted the repercussions would bring down the Saudi ruling family. I have no doubt that this pure blood will stain the collar of the House of Saud and wipe them from the pages of history. I'll add the pages.